Welcome to the Joy of Comics Podcast, episode 14. I'm Rich Lepore. Jordan Alseka. Kevin Schaefer. And today is our final episode of games slash movies slash films slash this episode is comics. We made it. Of 2016. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been a fun ride and this is going to be an awesome ending. Absolutely. Uh, culmination it's... of the year. I'm stoked about this one. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. This is probably the one I've been able to read the most content out of. Um, it's a lot of movies, too, but um, I was reviewing comics for, and I'm still now, for Ultimate Comics, and I'm writing for the site, so I've been fortunate enough to read a lot of new books and excited to talk about them today. Well, also, for, for both yourself, um, I know you're you're aspiring comic writer, I dabble, uh, and Jordan, you are... Um, having your first book published sort of in 2016, now 2017 it's turning out, right? Yeah. I mean, the PDF was ready, yes. That's a fun story. it's coming out, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. book's coming out. It's called Terminal Protocol. So in that way, it it hits closest to home from a creative perspective. Um, So I'm guessing when you guys read, uh, and I know it's that way for me, when I read comics, I think, hmm, uh, I could do maybe this, or I would sure. try that, or what I would have done differently in this setting. So maybe even more so than a film, where you like when you watch a film, you think, man, that, that I mean, a film takes what 150, 200 people to right, like make right. a shot, you know. But with a comic, it's like me and, a, and an artist, we could get together and we could make that happen. Right. So less it, than if they cut you out of the picture. Right, right. Then they just do the uh, the yeah, exactly. The just the Your artist writer. Yeah. Right, right. Well, exactly. that's the thing is like I Scotty to... Young up in this piece. Yeah. No, like, I used to want to be, like, a director, screenwriter, kind of thing, and, which is a common dream for a lot of people. Most young people. If you're 12 right. or 13 and you love media, right. you want to be a director. Right. Like, Steven right. Spielberg, Spielberg is your idol, or right. Scorsese. Absolutely. And, they, yeah. and those are still some of my idols, but the more I got into writing and journalism, um, comics, just I, I started to realize, I'm like, wow, people I know do this. You can do this as a career, you know? Like, it's a really exciting thing i mean gordon right here is doing it and so um to see that uh, it's a really feasible thing to do um and it's a great way to exercise your creativity well it's also it's all for the passion it's also a medium that much like radio was it's almost like yeah. the new radio in that there's no budget i mean there yeah, is yeah. you got to pay an artist whatever but right. but as far as you know for a hundred dollars a page you can create a million dollar special effects shot yeah. You can really, I mean, you yeah. can design the biggest set piece of all time. It's only yeah. as big as your imagination. And yeah. a lot of the best cre- comics creators and a lot of them that we'll be talking about tonight are going to be people who really know how to nail those big set piece moments, but mm-hmm. then they also get quiet. And even though yeah. they have a million dollars a page of, of you know special effects possibilities, they still kick it down a notch and give yeah. you those those quiet moments. I know one of the books that uh, you love a lot uh, starts with a V as a hint. Um, is a, is a book about quiet moments and about the impact that those can have more than explosions. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be really interesting to see. I know I'm getting sappy. Jordan's smirking at me. No, I just I, when you said V, I went right to Veep, and I was like, that's not even a comic. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a long day, huh? Yeah, a little bit. I've but, been uh, I've been out looking at, at doing car shopping all day. So oh, fine. My brain is mush. Car shopping is maybe one of the worst things in the world to do. It's yeah, like, can but... you check my credit? Make me feel horrible. Thank you. Yep. So comics for me, obviously, <laughs> Go ahead. I love comics. Yeah. It is my favorite medium. But the trick with comics is always just, it's a hard thing to keep up with. You know, yeah, TV. Oh, yeah. TV is a weekly episode and you watch a couple shows. Yeah. And, you know, it's not that it's free. You pay your cable or Hulu subscription or whatever, but it's fairly affordable. Film, there's a few big ones right. a year that you need to see. Maybe like 20, 30 movies tops. 
um, video games, similar deal of like a higher rate than film, but you you know, a couple big ones throughout the year. Comics is issues upon issues upon issues yeah. every week, mm-hmm. just a deluge of new issues and trades and graphic yep. novels. Uh, it's really impossible to keep up unless that is your sole focus and right. you have a ridiculous pull list or digital subscription. Uh, so it's always tricky. And then there's all the books you haven't read from the years before that are oh, yeah. on trade or that you're just finally getting around to. I, re- I went big on old series like Scalped and Preacher this year and read several volumes yeah, of those. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I have a list and, you know, I read a lot that came out this year, but at the same time, there's a lot I didn't read just because I didn't get to it or it wasn't in trade yet or I was uh-huh. reading older stuff. So this is a personal list. I would say it is favorites. I don't know that I would ever call it definitively best, but it is for me, I think, the best comics I enjoyed from this year that yeah. came out this year. Sure. Uh, so it's a tricky thing. Um, and it looks like uh, the way that we have structured it is as follows. So we always do top three of course, uh, for all of our categories. Mm-hmm. This one will be similar in some ways, but there's obviously differences with the comic medium. So this will start with uh, best character. It'll go to number three after that. Um, then it'll go best moment, best publisher, which is always a fun one because there's, there's a couple publishers. Um, but uh, but it's it's definitely interesting to weigh them against each other. And, you know, DC had a big year. Marvel had an interesting year. Um, you know, Valiant. Anyway, we'll talk mm-hmm. about it. Sure. Um, number two. Then we're going to talk about the the people that make the comics, uh, what they are, so our favorite artist and our favorite writer of the year. Uh, and then a couple honorable mentions moving on yeah. into number one. So that's just a roadmap for people. Cool. Um, yeah, but before we get to comics, I do want to take one moment to go back to our last episode. Yeah. i gotta make I got to make a correction. Okay. It's a very small one. Okay. But, you know, sometimes you're watching shows, right, and you're trying to make your list. Uh-uh. And you don't know quite where something belongs because if it's a show that's super serialized and it's super story driven, um, oh, I know what it's going to be. Go ahead. It's hard to judge it until you see the ending, right? You right, know. Right. Um, and now, in fairness, this show didn't have its ending until this year, so you know it's hard to have judged it then. And as good as it was, I was like, but if they don't stick the landing, if they screw it, then it might ruin the whole season. You know, it's like if you guys. You know, if Westworld had its last two episodes right. and they were garbage, probably right. wouldn't have made your list, right? right? Sure. Especially that show, right? Would have sure. really hurt. Um, so, right, so at the very least, I think, you know, it's at least tied for number three. I don't know. It's The emotions are still running would th- high. Would this be a Michael Shore joint? This would be a Michael Shore <laughs> joint. The Good Place. <laughs> nice. So good. The Best I need Place. It I need to check um, it was... It makes me want to watch it. Hands down, the I love Michael best... Shore reveal twist i've seen on tv wow. in quite a while wow. it was a huge i mean this show was constant cliffhangers constant big reveals throughout really and that they pulled the sheet out How from under possible everybody at the end with one of the best finales just a few nights ago i mean it aired thursday we're yeah. recording saturday it was it, it is it is so horrifying because they basically beg for a second season that who knows if they'll get nbc's usually more generous than other networks with that because that show still on the still on the bubble there's no i mean there's no word yet it, he is planning for a second season they just don't know if they're gonna get one um and you know it's been interesting reading his process and i immediately want to go back and start it over not just because it's one of the funniest shows on tv but because now you can look at it in a new perspective now i can look at it in the new Completely perspective new see perspective. the clues see if everything works um it's it's easily one of the best single seasons of television ever as wow. well as probably the most original, exciting, entertaining show since Community premiered. In I mean, it does, I love Michael Sharp, so that doesn't surprise me. Um, but, but he came what, out so self-assured when you look at some of his other shows that started off a little rougher. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, he this one this one was just, no, we're going to get two of the greatest, you sure. know, comic talents with Kristen Bell and Ted Danson, and then we're going to fill it with a 
stacked cast of newcomers who are all just on point throughout the right, entire season. Right. Well, he knows what to look for. I mean, look at all the gallon he broke in uh, Arrested. He's Arrested guy? No, that's no, no. Mitch Hurwitz. Oh, okay. It's just Parks and Rec. He's Parks and Rec. Yeah. Okay, okay. Once again, though, look yeah. at all the talent he broke yeah. in Parks yeah. and Rec. Um, the yeah. biggest movie star of this year, as well as... Um, 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 who's that other guy who's really cool that everyone likes? I love him. You, somebody said that they're like Bravo? Adam. Oh, oh, um, um, oh, um, Adam Scott. Yes. Yeah, right. he's great. Yeah, yeah, so good. So these are a lot of people that didn't have Not much. Mention John Ralphio. Right, John Ralphio, <laughs> yeah. man. I, yeah, I never forget the time I was at Magfest and this dude's like, dude, my friend. You know that show, uh, Parks and Rec. You know John Ralphio. This is John Ralphio. He is him, and he's there in his suit, and he's all like, "What's up?" and shit. And I'm just like, "Is that what you aspire wow. to be?" I don't know. I, would. I don't know how I feel about. It. I mean, you would <laughs> kind of jokingly. No, I know. You kind of don't want to be John Ralphio. Yeah. It also doesn't hurt that the show does have a few parks alum that pop up along the way yeah. in great rules uh great roles adam scott plays like one of the the torture demons from the bad place that shows up halfway through the season oh, cool. there's a bunch of other people like that it's just that sounds awesome i, I, it. Yeah. I oh, we couldn't what was your top uh, number three i forget bojack horseman okay, which so is yeah, also yeah, a fantastic yeah. season sure, sure. so it, it's a choice. tough it's a tough choice but, but it's like bojack's been doing good for four years it's like this is just bam yeah, yeah that i didn't mention it in an honorable mention at least is kind of a shame it was just the problem was it had been off the air for like two months because yeah. they went on yeah, their hiatus yeah, yeah. and came back with the last four episodes so. and it was just like cool. bland but if we get another 13 episodes of this next season i would be ecstatic about cool. it so i just wanted to put that out i know that's some tv talk to start cool. off our comics episode but no retractions no, no, no. have to be given when retractions yeah, yeah. are necessary i um i think that's really interesting i mean it goes along with a lot of, i'll tell you what it's right in line with the themes we were talking about on the tv show a lot though and that was half hours that are killing it dramatically and that are killing it with making impact. And when you think about it, like going back and watching Westworld, as much as I want to do that, it's a little bit of a daunting task because that's a fucking, you know, uh, roller coaster ride of emotions. And I'm Ten sure. And a half hours. Right, probably. right, that too. And I'm sure it, you know, so is The Good Place in a way, a roller coaster ride, but it's also got all that humor and all that fun along the way. So I could see myself watching that show once, seeing that nothing was as it seems and going back and watching it again and enjoying that so that's one of the magic things uh-huh. about the half hour and it's just it's an exciting time for TV and also comics so let's go back <laughs> to that comics. terrible segue let's do this no it's all good uh, so anyway our first category just you guys ready to get into it it's what? better yeah, than right. Vagini <laughs> right right that was yeah that was a bad throw one. back to the gaming episode anyway uh... Uh, best characters so why don't we you seem like you're on a roll Jordan why don't we go okay. with uh, why don't we go with best character of 2016 in comics what is your pick all right let me just dead stop no uh this is tricky just because again there are a lot of characters as we were discussing before the show just that have been around forever uh-huh. and you know it was a question of who had a really good year was it a new character is it a character from a limited series or a, a creator owned book sure and uh, I went to a few different places for this just because um, there's a lot of characters I know I love from series that I also know I love that probably had great years that I just didn't read. Like, I'm sure the characters from Saga were, were just kicking it up in, in grand old fashion. Sure. I know Chu ended this year, and I have to at least put a mention there because I have not read any... I have not read the last ten issues of Chu because I read in the, the big hardcovers, mm-hmm. which... So a few months from now, I'm going to be on this comics episode probably extolling the virtues of the Chu finale, but... Can't talk about those characters this year. I'll catch up then, too, so we can do it together. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, so, for me, it came down to what is a character that I really enjoyed this year that I could place as some someone I'm fascinated by that I want to learn more about. Uh, I went with Astrid Mueller from Clean Room, written by Gail Simone. Nice. Uh, 
which I've only read the excuse me initial trade. Yes, the initial trade of and uh, so that's five issues or four in this case. Uh, I think six. Oh, nice. Pretty sure six. I love uh, a six-issue trade. And she is a fascinating character. I'm pretty sure I talked about Clean Room before, but just as a brief, it's about... She's sort of like a Scientology cult sort of... Um, Every time you talk about this, I'm just like dying to read it. Go ahead. A figurehead who, you know, is able to take people to this thing called the Clean Room and talk them out. And she's a psychiatrist and she's got this big movement and someone dies as a, like having been part of it. And, and, you know, this investigation starts. And it very quickly becomes, you know... The, the conceit is basically all of these doomsaying, uh, horrible things out there, cults, or people, the way people see Scientology is kind of like cult-like. Uh, what if it was right? And that's what she's investigating. And, and she has crazy. a very legitimate reason that ties to her childhood, and yet uh, she's a very strong, powerful woman who does not take shit from anyone. And even though she is maybe doing the right thing and fighting these creatures, but it's still very ambiguous... Like, the, sh the, the book uh, is not up front with anyone's motivation, and even as we learn things about the characters, uh, we still don't know everything. And that, that's what a good comic should do, especially right. if it's going to be a relatively ongoing series. I don't know how long Clean Room is actually planned to be, but from the first trade, this is just a character that I was immediately fascinated with, both from uh, how cold and calculating and cruel she can be, but also how much she seems to actually have a purpose, but it's... It's hard to tell if she's doing it because she actually wants to protect humanity or because she just has a serious vengeance hmm. uh, running through her. And I don't know. Who's the artist on that one? I cannot remember off the top of my head. Okay, I always yeah. feel bad about that. No, it's uh, okay. Just because it's, it has been a hot second since I read this. Sure, sure. No worries. Um, but the character's really stuck with me. I'm really looking forward to the second trade, which is out. I just haven't been able to sure, find sure. a copy yet. So I sure. will be reading that soon. I'll give thoughts at some point on that. But uh, my character went to Astrid Mueller from Clean Room. Okay, cool. Well, my favorite character is, is from a pretty obscure book, which I which is, was had a lar larger readership. Um, but even at Ultimate, when I go to pick up my issues, like it's like barely on the stands because I'm one of like two readers. Um, really? There, like, and I wish it was more up there. But um, my and I've talked about this book uh, before. But um, like the character is from Jeff Steinberg, Champion of Earth. <laughs> um from oni press the character unlike jordan's pick the character is a total like bum and is solely there for irreverent crude humor okay. and um but his name is rollo um he's jeff steinberg's boss at the video store um and he's just this little dude who cracks jokes and pretty much um like i mean m most of the core ca cast in that book are very or it's they're like characters from an Edgar Wright movie, just like goofy and like um sort of just bouncing along light and um and idiots and that's the that's why I mean that's the core of the book that he Jeff is this total mediocre idiot that gets selected to be the champion of Earth and fight in robot suits and stuff. Um and so that's why I mean it's just like watching Shaun of the Dead or um Hot Fuzz or something like that. You know, it's um, but the humor is just so yeah, perfect and like, I mean, all the jokes just really, um, deliver really well. Um, it's it's written by Tony Fleeks and Joshua Hal Fialkov. Um, but yeah, Rolo is just this, I mean, totally irreverent guy, um, cracks joke. I mean, I just read an issue where Jeff's in the middle of a robot fight with an alien. 
and the aliens are trying to get him to lose, so they screen footage of um, his girlfriend, like, cheating on him with this, like, um, almost dude, and, um, and so Rolo contacts him, and he's like, hey, Jeff, have you seen this thing of, like, um, oh, Shelly having sex with the homeless guy here? It's my new favorite show. Like, uh, he's just, like, this, like, to, I mean, it's just this total, like, um... He, he, he it, it does a really good job at, at poking fun of the LCD, the least common right. denominator of today's media-obsessed... Exactly. ...reality TV that's completely fake and disgusting... Exactly. ...existence, right? Exactly. And so, yeah, I just love any time he appears, um... You know, it like I said, it's. I wish this book did have a larger readership because I could totally see it as an Edgar Wright movie. It feels right home with the whole Scott Pilgrim and mm-hmm. Silent Ed. I'm sure those are influences. Um, right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, like I said, I mean, Brian Lee O'Malley wrote for. Uh, he did Scott Pilgrim through Honey Press, so, and so this feels very much in that vein. Um, but yeah, I just really love the character. He's, I mean, not for any of the reasons Jordan said, not for because he's so strong, <laughs> like you know, up where they got, but just because he's hilarious. Yeah. 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 Uh, I will, I, I, I like Joshua Hill for the Uncle a lot. Yeah, so it is yeah. one I want to check out. Um, it's really, I mean, the trade should be out in a few, I'm, I'm trying to pick up it in single issues and the trade one comes up because I want to support it as much as I can so it'll sure, yeah. keep it going. Um, but, yeah, it's, I mean, the six issue comes out in a couple weeks maybe, so... It shouldn't be too long before the trade comes out. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, just to go back, John Davis Hunt is the artist on at least the first arc of Clean Room. Okay, cool. Uh, we just, we threw that one in kind of right before. For the rest, I will have the creative teams, ideally. Uh, that one was just one that was a little last minute, so I didn't awesome. have the full info. But I know it was given by Gail Simone, who is one of my all-time favorites. So so uh, as, as these, these two uh, gentlemen here, uh, Jordan and Kevin, have pointed out, um, it's very hard to be definitive about any of your choices in a genre as crowded as this, uh-huh. um, or a medium as crowded sure. as this. Um, so in my case, um, I had very little time to do comic reading this year, which is a tragedy, especially because I have a feeling the more I hear about what you guys are talking about, the more I'm going to be like, I got to read that, I got to read that. I gotta, I'm already feeling that way. You know, I'm just like, I, I wish I had clean room right here, right now. Like, that's how I feel. That said, there are a couple books that I've read that I really enjoyed. So my list will be a highlights list of things that I've read and cool. enjoyed. Um, and so for character for me, for 2016, I am going to pick um, The Nailbiter. Um, I'm I, the second volume right I now. Love, I love that series, and I love that character. Um, I am a huge fan of any time you can take a character and you absolutely... Uh, 3%, a show I talked about on uh, the TV episode, is a show where you have a character and they're your least... They're like the least... They're so morally reprehensible at the beginning. And by the end, they've actually found a way in the fiction to tell you more about that person's story and make you like them. And the Nailbiter is one of those characters that it's very hard to ever redeem a mass murderer... Um, but as we uncover more about his his origins, and as we uncover more about motivations, and and even just you know what what born him into the world, or that's mm-hmm. not the right word, what bore him into the world, you start to understand more. And 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 as he does more heroic things, uh, he's become a character that I actually dare I say like. Um, I mean, he's been well even for I mean I'm early on in that series, but even from then. I just love his interactions with the, uh, the detectives, so especially sarcastic. when he plays his so sarcasm, funny. his Hannibal Lecterness. It just like I, I was telling you, I just read the issue where um, Brian Michael Bendis rolls up, yeah, is a guest star <laughs> in it, and it's brilliantly handled. But the conversation they have about writing about he's like, you and I aren't that much alike. We both killed, I mean, you've 
killed characters that people love. So have I, you know. Like, uh, yeah. it's just his dialogue is so well written. Well, he he's the ultimate like. He's that character that you see a little like Hannibal, but much more, much younger, obviously, uh, and much more with it culturally yeah. and street smart. Whereas, right. whereas Anthony Hopkins' Hannibal character is more of a, I sip Chianti and I like the finer things in life. Nailbiter is like that too, but he's much more socially aware and much right. more um, has a quippy comment that like you could see on Twitter and it'd be hilarious. Right. Like he knows how to. Had a really, I don't know. He he's like a younger Hannibal Lecter in in all the best ways, right? And, and, a, and a current one, one for our time, um, but not ever like. And, and the book knows it that you're going to make those comparisons. So the book is constantly doing things like he comes, they come to the door, and they're going to talk to him, and he's just. And I don't remember who it was that makes the comment, but they're like, "This isn't Silence of the Lambs. We are not going to be consulting you." You know, um, so they make yeah, jokes yeah, like yeah, that yeah, all the yeah. time. Yeah. Oh, so they know, and I love, I love a, a, an aware book like that sure. too. But he almost is like that. He's almost like, except for the slapsticking, not which isn't there in this book at all. A little Deadpooly, and that he's right. almost. I don't think he speaks directly to you, but it's very but much it's third, yeah. it's third wall breaking in a subtle way. It's a meta book, and it's cool that it's like that because it's so dark. You know, I mean, usually the meta commentary books are more for a comedy, um, mm-hmm. and here it's done in such a way that. He's really cool. I mean, there are jokes, playing jokes in that appendix issue where, um, you know, like he's talking to people because he's there to, um, as research for a horror book he's writing and, um, he's talking to people and one of the guys is like, they still make comics, you know, uh, like things like well, that's, that. That's yeah. definitely Williamson's style. Oh, I love Williamson. If you read Haunted yeah. or God, his, I love Haunted. Um, he did Illuminati, which got canceled pretty quickly, but he is a very big on writing evil care, evil people. Or dark, or at least anti-hero people, mm-hmm. uh, but then being very humorous. So it, it, mm. it certainly is what he's good at, for sure. For sure, he's a, he's and a, even Godspeed, the character he created for the Flash. This wait, year. you mean Ghosted? No, oh, Ghosted. Yeah, no. oh, okay, yeah. but I, Haunted okay. Heist was the first. Yes, grade. that's right, yeah. right. And then what was the other book that we were reading by him that we really liked? Uh, I guess it was Nailbiter. Yeah, yeah. it was probably Nailbiter. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. even, and Godspeed, the character he created for um, the Flash this year, definitely a villain, but. Um, is also given a really good backstory and it's the best. something like the best films. Understand. Yeah, like the best films. Yeah. Awesome. Well, anyway, that's my pick. Cool. Um, the nail butter. Okay. All so right. what's next? I guess uh, Kevin will hit you up. Okay. This is number three. My we are three. there. We have arrived. Okay. What is your Alrighty. third favorite comic of 2016? So this was a tough one. Like it was very hard determining honorable mentions and my top three for this. Because, like I said, I've read a lot this year, um, mm-hmm. um, both in the creator-owned and more DC than Marvel, but still, um, you know, but, um, so I'm a big fan of, uh, like many people, of the Rebirth lineup from DC, um, and trying to pick my favorite book out of that one has been challenging, and it's surprising me what has been my favorite out of it. That's a good thing, my number three. Oh, That's a good thing, though, because really rather thing. than go in and say, I know it's going to be Batman. Right, right. Um, say, you know, go in and say, no, it's going to be Batman and then have it not be that. Like, I'll take that all day. And so my number three is actually Superman. Um, awesome. It is amazing. What Spe- especially, like, think about what a feat it is to make yes. a Superman comic interesting. Yes. No, I mean, it's, I mean, that's, he's one of the hardest characters, classic Golden Age that is one of the hardest characters to write. And what Patrick Leeson and Peter J. Tomasi have done is bring the classic version of Superman into a modern light and make him interesting and give them this um because those of you who don't know new 52 superman dies um and the old superman the original one comes back into this universe 
Um, and so, and where was he hiding or whatever? Well, it's kind of confusing, but it's like he and Lois. Uh, oh, is it? By yeah. confusing, do you mean convoluted? There's convoluted. By, convol- well, yeah. by convoluted, <laughs> but, do you mean DC Comics? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm not even gonna like pretend to try to like break down all the how the way. Was he trapped in some kind of middle verse? Well, shit? It, it relates to the uh, in the Rebirth one shot when we learned that. Doctor Manhattan has been toying with the timeline. Oh, the ultimate, the ultimate Deus Ex Machina, Manhattan. That well, I mean, that's what kickstarted the whole Rebirth universe. Um, Mm -hmm. So, but anyway, um, isn't that funny that they got all the they got all that mileage out of New Fifty Two for for people like Jordan and I who just read the shit out of New Fifty Two? Got all of that mileage out of all those number ones and all those series they got us into, and then they got mileage out of well, everybody didn't really like New Fifty Two, even though we loved it. Well, but there were people. No, a lot of people didn't. I know, I know, but I'm saying it was cake and eat it because they got all that benefit of the newness, Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. they go back and then they're even more new with the old. I mean, it's just it's funny. It's It's like no, it's I mean that's the thing about you know comics that run for 75 years plus yeah. you know there's the, gonna shifts like that are gonna happen but anyway with it so clark and lois um now have a son and they name him john kent and um so that's what the story has been about so far is about superman's son um who is half kryptonian half human and the struggles that he has as a result of that because it's like the same struggles that clark went through of you know trying to balance his powers with his humanity um but even more so with john because he actually is part human um and so um the villain in it is a new eradicator who wants to um terminate um john kent because uh, he wants to purify the last of the kryptonian race and he believes um john is um you know impure because of his human half um and so uh but so it's really the story is about john and about the father-son relationship and it is handled so well. Um, I have Who's to. Who's the writer on this? So it's Tomasi and Gleason okay, write it. Right, right. Um, and then the artist shift between. Um, I think Gleason is the artist writer. I, I, I get them get mixed up. One of them is an artist as well. But then they also have like Doug Mankey and um, a few others on it. Um, and the art is stellar. Um, but yeah, it's just about this relationship and. It just proves that you can make you can let Superman be Superman, um, and that still be cool in the modern yeah, age. You know, but yet, it's hard yet to again, do. they it's, hard to it's do. very hard to do. And yeah. look how they did it yeah. by not having the story focus on Superman. <laughs> but it's so, but it does were, it does and doesn't exactly. But, again, but that's but, what I mean, though. No, they I had yeah, to yeah. throw in a character sure. that is not as omnipotent. Sure. That is that has more issues, so sure. as to have something to freaking dog about. No, I mean, don't fair. get me wrong. I know it can be done, even with the super powered, omnipotent Superman. Sure. Interesting stories can exist. But again, like, what what did you it's love hard. the most last year with American Sun, or what was it called? American Alien. American yeah, Alien, yeah. you know, again, right. a totally unique, different take on, on Superman. You well, know? it is, but that but all, that one is very focused on it, and it's about, you know, I mean, it's a, that's another Superman origin. Is he but, an omnipotent Superman in that? Yeah, he's still Superman. Okay. It's like, it's just, um, they're more focused on Clark as he are, before he becomes Superman, but he's... Obviously, it's all has the powers, powers. right? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, Alrighty. So, I mean, ideally, any story about one of these old characters is going to have an interesting new take. So right, I mean, right. Sure. No, no, that's definitely true. I'm not criticizing it for that. I'm just thinking about how hard it is to write an interesting yeah. story with with stakes for a character that's basically unkillable sure. and omnipotent. And it's interesting the ways they find to do I'll it. I'll tell you how you mean. Alienation, <laughs> uh, a son, 
Go ahead. You make him evil, and then you tell a five-year prequel comedy about it. <laughs> then you get a badass Superman story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, I just that got works. I just got the year three trade. So. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. yeah. Injustice is, is really so nice. good. That's awesome. Is this the one, finally, where what's-his-name takes this over? This is the Constantine magic year, yeah. Is oh, no, 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 you're a writer. Well, the theme of year three was the magic people trying to fight Superman now. Okay. Uh, it is ha- the second volume is by Bucoletto. Yeah, that's where he takes over. And you've writer. gotten there. Yeah, I've read the whole thing. Oh, and how was that compared? Uh, it's probably by again the first year wins just on length. It's so it not not just for being long, but for having more time to develop out. I mean, it's yeah. it's fifty percent longer than either of the any of the preceding years. But the third year was really good. So uh, is second, Bucoletto did the third. Uh, he did the he did the second half of the third year. Oh, okay, got it. Got um, it. But I I assuming he was probably following um, Tom Taylor's notes mm-hmm. just because he would have probably plotted the whole third year. We won't really know till year yeah. four. But the writing, like, had I not known, the writing was seamless. Seamless. Beautiful. So I'm, Beautiful. I'm curious to see. I'm not as excited about the fourth year theme, but I'll, I what will is read. it? It's versus the Amazonian gods, okay. which isn't as exciting as magic. So magic rules. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, and so I mean, I'm, I'm loving everything from Reverse so far. I mean, Green Arrow, Flash, Raven, um, Batman, um, but Superman, Wonder gets Woman, in. but yeah, Superman gets in. And I, I think I haven't really done any research into Mossy and Gleason, but it, one of them or both have to have like a 12 year old son because they write that relationship so well mm-hmm. um, that it just it's so believable. Um, so the the way they bring so much honesty into this world and do the characters is what really makes the book what it is. Awesome. awesome. Cool. I almost got the Flash. That is a fat it's trade. Good. I know. That one's like that's nine thing, all the All the Rebirth trades are, they vary because like the, the Green Arrow and Superman ones were like six and seven. That one is nine. And he, t- I mean, I've read that arc. He taught, I mean, he taught, he needed Solid. Nine that's good. No. To tell it. Awesome. Um, all right. I guess I'm up. Whatever you got. So yeah, I'm going to say, I mean, I, I, I it's, I'm definitely my third pick. Number three pick is uh, is also a male biter. Um, <laughs> this is a great series that has continued to be great. Um, I I mean I don't need to go into it too much except to say that the entire cast is stellar. I like everybody, especially when you start to get reveals about how all the characters are tied to one another, um, and as the lore builds out. And I love I I love the setting. I mean, it just this town is so vividly created, and it's so interesting in the interplay of the characters mm-hmm. and the reveals and the. I just it's just a great book. It's just he's such a deft craftsman, uh, Williamson is. Williamson, yeah. And uh, I just I, I just can't get enough of this book. I love it. He um, was in my contenders for top writer. I mean he was Yeah, he's yeah. he's legit. He's definitely legit. So anyway, uh Nail Biter's my number three for the year. I'm much not much else need to be said about that. Is it going into its final arc or do you know? Pretty sure. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. Gotcha. yeah. What's that arc? I think trade six. six? I think trade yeah, six is the, is the finale. I have to see. Yeah, because you're what you you, five. you had five is out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So my number three. So this is a book that um, every time I I read it in trade, but every time I get a trade, it's pretty much a one shot. I I just I can't put it down till I'm done. Um, and this this the two trades. Really, I, I guess just one of these trades probably came out this year, but it was a really good arc, and the other one was probably half and half. Yeah. Uh, but Miss Marvel is yeah. still fantastic, uh, still is so important for representation and says a lot to me. I am mm-hmm. Middle Eastern descent, so it does hit home in a way that a lot of books don't, right? Yeah. or that books about white dudes 
have just beaten to death. And sure. Who cares? <laughs> sure. Uh, but no, just Miss Marvel does so many great things about showing what it's like to be Middle Eastern in the United States, being a superhero and dealing with a lot of modern issues like the the fifth arc, which was super famous, was the name of the trade, deals all with supervillain gentrification in Jersey City, and it's a weird topic. But it's but leave it to that book for that topic. Yeah, it's basically like the I believe it was Hydra. I might be mistaken on the evil organization. It's been a hot second on that one. But it was Hydra, someone who was basically like, we're going to become hipster, gentrified, like, <laughs> hipster Hydra, and, and try to infiltrate okay, people's lives that way. Yeah. And it sounds ridiculous, but it's it's such a good arc. Um, and then the, the next one was, it's always interesting to me when an event comic that is garbage, or at least that's the general <laughs> consensus on Civil yeah, War II, yeah. uh, what other would, writers do with the comic. Well, that's, 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 that's the thing, right? Characters. I remember this. You were really struggling uh, even picking up that Miss Marvel trade because your thought on it was, really with any of them, when they tie in, every time I look at the back of the next trade in a series and, it, and I read like, so collects, you know, the, the, or he collects issues during the Civil War, uh, an event's run, or if it actually collects, you know, mm-hmm. Civil War, you know, Miss Marvel colon Civil yeah, War yeah. one and Miss Marvel colon Civil War two, or whatever it is in that case. It's always daunting because you feel like you need to read the event. What if the event's shitty? Uh, I worry about this stuff more than I probably need to because you could probably just read any of it and pick it up. Um, but nonetheless, I know you were a little bit hesitant on even, yeah. I mean, when I mean, you were just picking general. up that yeah, trade. Yeah, because... How much is it going to matter? How well is it going to tie into the main ongoing arc? Uh, Miss Marvel nails it. Um, How do it, they do it? Well, for I mean, it deals with two main things. One is uh, the the general concept of Civil War Two is you know the uh, precogs from Minority Report basically Which, with the Inhuman. And inhuman. Sounds awesome. Ulysses. Yeah, Ulysses. Well, and it started off pretty. So I yeah, read I remember you were about it. If we play back yeah, some older it, episodes, it, was, it started off soft. It we'll lost me when yeah. spoiler alert, but they killed Bruce Banner and. In a really like unclimactic way, I thought. Is that what where everyone turned really? It was just like it's, the it's the start I, of the end. Yeah. That also, was, much yeah. like Secret Wars, it dragged out way past. Yeah, the end that's day. the other thing. The difference being that Secret Wars is awesome, so no one really minded. Sure. Well, I think people minded, but but it was worth the ending as opposed right, right. to Civil War Two. Um, but uh, they do two things that really work well. So the, the concept being that you know Captain Marvel wants to use this uh, inhuman to basically arrest people before they commit crime. Iron Man's like, I want to be on the right side this time, so no, I say no to that. Right. Uh, oh my god. He doesn't say it that way. No, but, but it's that, like, you know, yeah, Iron Man it, gets to be... There's, like, in the first Civil War and in this one, it's like there's a fairly clear side that comes out as more villainous. However you feel about the, like... That's why I like the movie so much, because I think it did a very, way better job of, right. of giving both sides a fair argument. Mm-hmm. The comics have always kind of been like... Iron Man in Civil War was basically like, nope, totalitarian, we're going to arrest everybody. Or in this and Captain then, and then Captain And then Captain America's literally wearing of the flag of freedom, you know? Yeah, but this has Captain Marvel. There were a lot of articles throughout this year where it was just like, Marvel's ruining one of their, what should be their new <laughs> flagship character with this whole totalitarian, you know, this vision of, of just pre, you know, fascist police state. Um, but what, so what this does that does well is Miss Marvel's hero is captain marvel and at first she wants to you know right. work with her because she likes being called on by captain marvel um and then at the other side of things she's an avenger and she's been working with iron man too so she's kind of split there but then it gets down to a lot of the basically captain marvel is like we're gonna try this and have a pre-crime unit in jersey city and i want you to lead it 
And so it sticks to the main characters of her book and how it affects them. And it deals a lot with profiling, which is a touchy subject if you're Middle Eastern and your last name gets you pulled in check lines all the damn time when you fly. Um, speaking from experience. But it is just the way it plays out the emotional arcs of it, the ramifications that feel like they're going to have major fallout throughout the next mm-hmm. couple arcs of the series. It uh, was just fantastic. So for all those reasons going on for a while on Miss Marvel, it's just at, at the end of the day, she's still just one of the best characters being written. G Willow yeah. Wilson does a fantastic job writing she's her and to her it. family. Yeah. Is she's still the same writing. artist. Uh, they fluctuate, don't they? No. Well, I mean, Adrian Alfona was the yeah. creator and he still pops in from time okay. to time. Uh, mostly at this point it's Takeshi Miyazawa who does it uh, more consistently and a few others pop in here and there but she's she's probably the uh, that's probably the main creative team I've said it before and I'll say it again I think Captain Marvel has been poorly handled Um, I think that they should have found some way to convince Kelly Sudeikonik I mean you can't twist somebody's arm but they should have found some way to keep her on that book she's the character that made that that she's the, the the writer that made that character come out and she's got like two and a half fucking trades she wrote and then she's like I really feel like the hold she on wrote hold, let six me finish trades okay but let me finish this that's a significant difference uh, did she six? she wrote the character for two years no two and a half years two, what two trades. She wrote the... No, uh, you're right. My apologies. Seven trades. Because she wrote the first, like, 18 issues, and then it relaunched, and I think it was, like, 15 more issues. And then she did the Captain Marvel and the Carol Corps Secret Wars tie-in. No, but wait, wait, wait. What were those? So it was... it was. No, but did she do all those? Yeah. So she, and I thought she did the three that that culminated with uh, hit the Avengers... The Enemy Within? Yeah. Yeah, and then there she those came three. back and wrote the next run. And then what were those? The... Uh, higher, further, faster, more. I forget the names, but there were three. Oh, Propator. Some some Latin phrase. Oh, I didn't know that. Them. Okay. Well, anyway, I think she should have stayed on the book. It bums me out. She left the book, even if there was seven issues that she, seven trades that she did. Right when the character was getting huge. Right when they were starting to lead towards. Well, it's like we. I think we talked about this before. You were at the panel uh, at HeroesCon, right? Exactly. She said this you is either. She either leaves the book now, or she is on this train till the movie comes exactly, out. Exactly, and that is exactly what didn't happen. Yeah, it, she. It, that was. She, you don't want to write or writing a book they don't want to write. No, you're absolutely right. But her, her, her. I don't know. I think that she, if she, if they could, could have figured out a way to get her to stay on that book, I thought that would have been very valuable, and it was. And I wish that it stayed on because the reality is that what what, what did we get? We got like. Two writers that are way too busy to write that book because they're doing TV shows and TV development who aren't comics writers. I'm sure they did an okay, fine job. I don't think I anybody, haven't read that trade yet. I don't think, right, but I'm sure that it was fine. I never heard any like good buzz about her, but I'm sure it was okay. And then what's going on now? She's being destroyed in Civil War Two. Well, that's that's you can't. I mean, that would have happened either way. Okay, well maybe they should. Like, maybe you know, Kelly like, Sue could have yeah. wrote a solid enough. Uh, tie-in in her own main series, but Brian Michael Bendis was doing all the heavy lifting. Yeah. yeah. Maybe she would have had more input as the creative lead on the character, yeah. but it's not like her leaving is what led to Civil War Two. No, I'm not, definitely not saying that. I'm definitely not saying that. I just wish that that book... I remember the feeling at the time, and I'm going to stay true to this. I remember when she made that announcement. We were at Heroes Con. She made that announcement that week, and I remember feeling like, wow, I really feel like you're making a mistake here. It's just my opinion, and I just think that she should have stayed on that book because she was writing it so well. Uh-huh. That book was so good. It was like a, a creator and a character had found each other, and there was this room. You should have seen it, the, the enthusiasm of this room. They all love characters. 
Captain Marvel. It was their hero. They all loved Kelly Sue. It was yeah, like, now yeah. it's a peerless run. It's like you either you either you yeah. either have your run that you're super excited and you tell the stories you want to tell, or you're and not to disparage, but you're Dan Slott who loves writing Spider Man, but now you know his run isn't you know all peak. It's like a lot of peaks and valleys. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, those are the trade-offs. I know, I know. It's just I guess I'm more than anything just upset. She's a little still salty. The book, yeah, which she's still writing it. I loved her. I loved her. I loved her take on that character. Um. Anyway, that aside, I, who's even writing her anymore? Does she even have a book? Yeah, there is the Mighty Miss Marvel, which is or the Mighty Captain Marvel, which is the fallout basically after Civil War Two. I think it's Margaret Atwood. Oh, I believe. Really? Let me double check. Holy that. fuck. <laughs> Oryx and Crake is one of the best novels I've ever read. So, and I've heard Handmaid's Tale is awesome, although I haven't read it. Um, wow, is that right? Also, while you're looking that up, like um, what you said about the Civil War II tra- tie-ins, you know, like I read some of the Amazing Spider-Man one that Christos Ga- Gage wrote, and that was pretty solid too. So, I mean, that it goes to show that even when a big event crossover is subpar at best, you can still have good stories that are going on. Um, with individual characters, you know, like, I mean, that are tie-in. Yeah, that's what you're talking about. No, 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 sorry, Mar- uh, st- oh, why do you not give me the first name? You're killing me here. Apologies, uh, this is not a book I was, I was up on. Uh, Margaret Stoll, that's what we're Oh, okay. Sorry, oh, I got it. Margaret Atwood is writing comics, though, obviously. Yeah, Angel so. Catbird, which I haven't read, but I've heard is phenomenal, which I'd read it. Uh, but anyway, I think that's, that's all of our top threes, right? Yeah. Uh, or number threes, right? Or number yeah. threes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So let me uh okay. let me so pull what? up uh pull up the almighty um list here. And uh, right now we are going to talk about one that we decided about talking about right before um the episode. So yeah. everybody grabbed their uh everybody took a moment to find yeah. their favorite moments from comics <laughs> in twenty sixteen. I'm trying here. Rich, man. what you, what you got? Uh, I don't got nothing, man. <laughs> no, no favorite moment. I didn't. I didn't have. I, I have one. No. Go, 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 go. Okay, um, mine is also a, a pretty popular one, and was IGN's pick as well. But oh, was um, it? But copycat, I copycat. Um, just yeah, I know. I'm just sorry. kidding. Pull this. Just kidding. Um, Some moments, but are good this enough. one is just too. It combines. It brings about the fanboy in you, and also is just a stellar moment in a pretty stellar one-shot, and that's Wally West's return in the Rebirth one-shot. I kind of um, figured it might be it's from DC co- I Rebirth. I mean, that's, like, <laughs> that is a Were you a Wally weekend. West fan? Yeah, I like, I mean, like, I mean, I would say I mean, I'm going through Jeff John's run right now, and, um, I mean, I grew up on the character on the Justice League TV show. Right, right. Um, so, um, but it's just, I mean... We've talked about the Rebirth one-shot before, but that moment is just so emotional because that's the whole issue is him trying to get back into um, the universe and um, he's running out of time. But there's this moment where Barry Allen finally remembers him and they have this moment of he returns and he's alive again and they have this total brother moment and it's just awesome. Like, it's just like, it's emotional, it's expertly handled um and you know i mean for one of the greatest characters in dc lore um to be back in action and in the mainstream universe um is a really awesome thing um and you know who better to write that than jeff johns and and he'll be back and he took some time off from writing comics to work on the dc movies thank god because 
the point he can salvage them. I mean, um, yeah. but like, have you? Mm, yeah, I just know. a minor aside. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I know they oh, don't. what's going on now? From, this is a, a slight detour. Please detour. I want to hear it. Uh, they announced that they are no longer doing the Shazam movie. They're doing yeah, they're a Black, Black Adam, Adam movie, movie followed by a Shazam movie. Followed by a versus movie potentially yeah, between Black Adam and Shazam. No, I know, I know. What are they fucking thinking? I know, I know. I know. They, Nobody thinking, likes those yeah, characters. No, they're thinking no, they I have like the, the, one of the like top three biggest stars in the world wanting to make a movie, so they're just so gonna they're do just a Black like, Adam movie because it's which, The Rock. That's yeah. That's like, what they're thinking there. But the rest a Black of Black Adam movie though. No, there's no, plot yeah. there. There's I can plot, I can but definitely that's, see it. Like. No the problem one is, outside, like, our fan base is going to know who that is. Even but still, their name people, sucks. People will go see a rock movie. Yeah, I know they will. They will see, Jumanji's going to blow up. I don't oh, know yeah. if they're going to see a Black Adam movie. I think they're going to just be like, where's the next rock movie? If they, It's like The Rock with superpowers. I think people I are going to go know, see I don't know, man. I don't yeah. know. I almost, I don't know. I, I did see that, though. I, don't I know you always bet on Black, but I don't know about Black Adam. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I dig it. No, I Wesley didn't Snipes. see that. Passenger so <laughs> 57, yo. They keep announcing all these movies. Okay, so what's going but on anyway, with Wonder Woman? He, is it going to come out and be good? It's going to come so. out. It's going to come out. I so the buzz is not good. I it's, hope it's... We'll we'll is see. the well, buzz they, tepid? There aren't any reviews. There was like an unsubstantiated there. rumor of someone, another person who said behind the scenes that it was a mess, so... Who knows? If it's Chris, not Pine, up Chris Pine's just like, nah, dude, it's the shit. We get sad pine. It's the shit, yeah. Sad pine this yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's just like, no, man, no. Yeah, had, that would be hilarious. No. Oh, my gosh. Um, no, what is that? No. Is that March? No, June. Oh, that's, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Jesus, where the freaking... No, Logan is March. Well, Logan looks awesome. Logan Logan's going to be amazing. All right, before we get too off track, this is a comics episode. All right. But anyway, okay, Wally West returned on my favorite moment, and Jeff Johns will be back writing comics this year to continue on the events of the Rebirth one-shot. Um, with more Watchmen stuff in a Batman Flash tie-in is, like, the big one that um, Tom King and Josh Williamson will be writing together. And um, Jeff Johns has thought he'll be writing a book this year. Um, he hasn't announced exactly what, but he posted a picture of Dr. Manhattan said writing comics again. And that was, um, and Happy New Year. That was his New Year's thing. Yeah, it sounds so, like Watchmen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know, but, like, what is it going to be called? Is it, you know, when, there's several new... I mean, the, there's several what, new Watchmen wave, books have been announced? No, it's just, like, the second wave of Rebirth is coming. We don't know exactly... Uh, the big... The Batman Flash tie-in will be the first to, like, really expand on the Watchmen stuff. And then, I don't know if Johns is doing, like, a new series altogether or what. Or if he's, like... Um, what well, his or if are. it's just going to be, like, the Dr. Manhattan book. Right, right, exactly. So Interesting. But The Return of Wally West is my favorite moment. Awesome. Jordan, what's your favorite moment of 2016? Uh, it's always so tricky. Stop the presses. Uh, Here we go. I'm going to go back to the book I just talked about, Miss Marvel, and it, it's hard to talk about it without spoilers, but again, because okay. of how character-driven this is, this is just like TV all over again. I said Bruce uh, died, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah but <laughs> this is a book I want to read. That's different. That's like headlines making. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah know, this, it's going to get spoiled. I, I want to read this. So try to not spoil it too bad. Uh, but I went with the explosion slash the fallout from the explosion in Miss Marvel, which was in the Civil War II trade. Yeah. If you've read Miss Marvel, you know what that entails with um, the injury to a certain character, um, the fallout between that character and Miss Marvel and their relationship, their um, the way things go down. I mean, there's a lot that happens in Miss Marvel. It's a very strong character-driven book. 
Um, but this is just a, a major turning point for one of the big relationships in the series um, that has real emotional stakes, which is always the thing. when when It's so tricky in superhero comics, but especially if you have a book that has human characters, uh, you, you don't have, like, random gods snatching them out of the timeline and then they come back five months later. You know, if bad stuff happens to a human character, for the most part they're probably going to stay dead. And so there's a lot of tension that comes out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not all happy endings, unfortunately, which, but you know, that's how life goes and that's how good storytelling goes. It can't just be all sunshine and buttercups all the time. <laughs> yeah. Love um, those buttercups. <laughs> sunshine and buttercups. Yeah. That, one. that is a phrase. It <laughs> is okay, from okay, a song. It's okay. It's okay. okay. I'm, I'm going to use that. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for that. That is a thing. Okay. Um, but yeah, I no, you, but without, without, saying too much more and really again the civil war two trade was just phenomenal um so but yeah that that big turning point in it when thing when the when the uh the shit hits the fan as it were uh-huh. really strong so that was my uh moment of the year cool nice all right um i'm going to start this one about publisher sure yeah okay. of course so best publisher of the year um I, it could be nobody else for me uh because i read by by far more uh creator owned books than anything um, it's a toss-up, actually, um, between the two big creator-owned players, and the, I guess there's not two, these aren't the two big players, but the one I wish was a player, and the one who got me into creator-owned comics in the first place, and then, um, the one who's, of course, the champion. Um, and so, I would love, Vertigo had some good books this year, which I'm gonna talk about one or two of later, um, but, you know, Image is just ever-dominant, um, and for me... 80% of the books that I read in comics come from Image these days. Uh, I love their books. Um, e- you know, even books that were on Vertigo or Icon or whatever now are on Image. Like, you know, Brubaker and his books are now out on Image and all his criminal stuff. And Jeff Lemire and his books. Right. Anyone who was on Vertigo, basically. Right, right, exactly. Uh, I think even Snyder, right? He's got image shit going. Yeah, he has um, the AI. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he, AD. AD, yeah, yeah. After death. I mean, everybody's weird. there. Yeah, and yeah. and the books that they put out are just so great, and their model is so great. Uh-huh. And the art, every, all the creators, if you listen to any of these big image panels where the image, you know, the image showcases that they do every year, when you hear them talking about their methodology and their message and what they stand for, I mean, they're just, how can you not love a company who is is just 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 gives their creators you know a, a voice and they're uh-huh. and anybody who writes a really good image book now the, now the big the, the flip side to it is it's kind of like the itunes app store right you, they started publishing so many books that it's like oh it's another image book uh how is it going to stand out and it better do something fucking wacky you know or else it's not going to like stand out amongst the well crowd. it's to the point when trades uh, you know i go to the comic shop and i'll see a trade and i'm like that what when did that happen exactly like like takeaways and then there's castaways and then there's wakeaways and i mean god knows what you know i mean you don't know say no there's all these weird come names sail away. Ca- yeah yeah exactly come <laughs> sail away right sail away sail away anyway but it's like that it's really like that 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 you 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 see books that you didn't even never heard of I mean, as much as you, as much as I try to follow what's coming out with Image, I'm still like constantly surprised by stuff that comes out. And I love the other publishers, you know, the Oni Presses, uh-huh. um, and the um, what's the other big one? Um, Valiant Boom. Yeah, Boom. And then there's another third one that I'm thinking of that I can't that, that I can't come off off the top of my head. IDW. Yes, thank yeah. you. Though, I like all of them, but yeah, I mean, yeah. add the three together, and they're not what Image is as far as amount of books that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. So Image takes it by a landslide. Um, IDW and Boom more. You're going for the licensed. 
Yeah. Really good license. Yeah, really right, good license. Right. I know they also and have some good, They do have some good, like, they have like some Lumber Jane's and yeah. sure. Giant Days. And uh, like, the yeah, Boombox sure. line I know you like a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, so, anyway, wow, that was emphatic. All right. Um, so, yeah, so so anyway, Image is my, uh, it, it couldn't it could be none other. Image is my publisher of the year for 2016 cool. and uh, for the foreseeable future. Coolio. Uh, for me, this one was a little actually pretty easy because it, I read a lot and I try to be diverse. Uh-huh. Um but this year, particularly, uh, just with the sheer number of, of different for a main st- big two titles, uh, Marvel was was for me the the big publisher of the year, and mainly because wow. so many of their books, especially coming, I mean, from before Mar- with Marvel now, and then leading into the new year with um, the all new Marvel line, um, just you know, Hellcat, Squirrel Girl. Um, and now I'm going to blank on like 15 books probably. Mockingbird, which got unfortunately canceled. Uh, the current Captain America run stuff. Just just Spider-Man, Silk, Spider-Gwen. Dozens of spider books. Uh, it Marvel has done what I think DC is trying to do. And again, if DC got their trades out faster, I'd maybe have... A, yeah, that's a, what I was going to say. I'm really surprised to hear that, but I think that explains it. Is you haven't read enough Rebirth yet to really be able to yeah, give and them I mean, the that's prize. what they're going with. Really, is they want to be more fun and and you know still kind of serious. I mean, their books are more dramatic in mm-hmm. general, and Marvel has their dramatic titles. But I always think of Marvel as being just a little more fun and lighthearted, even at their most serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, the books I like, like Hellcat and uh, Squirrel Girl and Silk and Spider Gwen, all of these are they they're speaking to new voices. I'm also hearing a lot in, of a lot of female characters. Yeah, there. female characters. LGBT representation, um, race book, ra- I don't want to say race books, but you know, different ethnicity oh, characters yeah. like Black Panther and Nighthawk. Um, bringing in people, I have not bringing so in is- people, bringing in people like Ta-Nehisi Coates, who yeah. is you know a big voice in race relations and uh-huh. and and black culture, modern black culture, mm-hmm. um, and and giving him a book um, and letting him just do whatever he wants with it, pretty much, and taking big risks like that with creators that are not typically comic book creators, just, yeah, just to get that that level of diversity in there so that hopefully it'll inspire you know it to happen organically I and guess. all of that is to say nothing of the just outstanding work they're doing with star wars like that oh, you could right. have a whole thing you could I specify if there yeah if there's one thing i've heard you pumped about this year marvel star wars they've been doing stellar work with uh their main series I mean, like darth vader it and doesn't star matter wars. how full price those books are man jordan is in that store picking those trades up when they come out I love that. Yeah, the new one is out. Star Wars Volume Four. I need to Ooh. need to hop on that. And the Han Solo. Is it out at like Barnes and Noble? Out? Yeah. No. Well, actually, no. It was not there when I was there the other day. Mm. But you think it might be now? Probably. Uh, but yeah, I just Marvel. You know, they're what I got into comics with with Runaways. Um, but yeah, oh Miss Marvel. I, I talked about that so much, I, I plum forgot it. Uh, but yeah, Miss Marvel is another great book they do. Um, and then yeah, Spider Man still my favorite superhero of all time and is formative and all that so i still read that book and and love it and so yeah marvel you know don't get me wrong image was is great um but because i've gotten to the point with image where i'm more waiting for those oversized hardcovers it is a little this is getting ridiculous now first it was he waits for trades now he's waiting for the three years later hardcovers they're not always three years later choose pretty choose pretty quick turnaround Saga, you wait three years for Saga. That's, I'm sorry that I'm, Saga takes forever. That's that's because that book takes like yeah. you know nine months to put out six issues. At the same time, though, it's now up to what forty six. 
Mm, around there, yeah. Maybe I'll 60? Say. Probably no, like 40-something. 40 40, no, no, but it's in the 40s. It would be 40-41. I mean, yeah. that happened. I mean, yeah. it, 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 it's slow but steady, man. It may be a turtle, but it's moving. Right, right. Yeah, um, but anyway, yeah, so uh, Marvel just... I always I love Marvel trades. I buy them. I read them, even though they're a little pricier. Although DC's on that uptick, it's that's the march of time. What are you gonna do? Uh, but so is Marvel. All right, Marvel is my favorite publisher. Sure. Kevin. Okay, so this one it was tough because like I read a lot of DC, I read a lot of Image, and I love those publishers. And but um and Marvel too. Like I, you know I I definitely do think DC beat Marvel this year. But um that's I mean that's not to say like I don't. That, this is really a hard one because. It's hard for me to compete with, like, publishers because I love so many books from different ones, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually want to give some love to Oni Press here because... Oh, like, yeah! Uh, because... Hell, yeah! And the reason being they put out one of my favorite funny books this year, Jeff Steinberg, and one of my favorite darker ones, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but um, but they also put out, you know, they have, like, the Invader Zim one, which is I haven't gotten to yet, but they, they already done with that. Um and uh Rick and Morty and, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. they're not super big on license they're, like others. Right, but, right. They have a few license ones. But they got the weird ones. Plus. Right. But I just like the style of their weird ones and how zany they are and how um they just get like image, they just give the creators full throttle to go and do whatever they want. Um and it's just a well, the other it's a really too, unique aesthetic the, to their books. The other thing too, and this really supports what you're saying mm-hmm. is when Charles Soule was yeah. Like sort of on the cusp of being big. Yeah, yeah. Um, he wanted to do a creator own book. It's right. called Letter Forty Four, and it sits in the periphery. People don't talk about it that much. It's sure. just like there. Sure. Maybe when it's done, people will be like, "Holy shit, what is this over in the corner? Mm-hmm. It's amazing." But that book, when he was doing it, we asked him when we met him, um, "Why did you do it at Oni?" Or I did anyway, and he was like, "That's an Oni book, right?" I thought. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, I was wa- wa- wondering if my whole no, premise thought, was yeah, flawed. Yeah, no. Okay, oh, no, good. No, 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 it is. It good, is, good, yeah. good. I was just going to let you embarrass yourself. No, you guys are just like sitting there with your heads down, like, yeah, let him go. No, All, right, yeah. All right, so anyway, letter 44. Um, he was he was gonna he was he was pitching it, and they were the only ones, the only company that would give him a guarantee that they'd publish the entire run. That's cool. Wow. And so think about what that means to a that creator really like is. him at that point. Sure. You know, he'd had like 27 and 27 volume two. He'd had, um, I can picture the cover. Strongman. Strongman. And he had one more, I think, Discolored, Dislocated, whatever's Missing Persons or something like that. What was it? Dislocated Persons or something. I don't know. if. The, uh, sorry, I just thought he had his big uh, Rats. Was that at the Opus he was working on? Really? No, he talked about it at the signing he did where it was like a, his 60-issue post-apocalyptic comic script. It didn't come out. It was like him writing it. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah that never happened. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's a, it's obviously a place that gives uh, writers that can, can give you a commitment that your right. book's going to come out, even if it's not selling more than eight thousand copies. Right. You know, so. and that's the thing. And like, I follow them on Twitter, and they just like they really love their creators, and they want to give them that opportunity. What the oh. fuck is this? Okay, whoa. Com- is this a young animal comic? I've been reading some young animal. What a, are yeah. you reading young animal? I was just playing with you. Yeah, no. I Wait, this is a Gerard are. Way book. Well, he's one of the writers. I mean, he curates the whole lineup. So this, sorry, I just wanted this, to react. That there. that just happened. Sorry are, about that. Yeah. As ever, he fr- found live my, from the studio of Kevin's found, room. He found my copy it of was Cave, a hidden stash. He found my copy of Cave Carson as a cybernetic eye and freaked out. Who taught you where to read he this, did. Kevin? I'm sorry, I've offended you. This hey, boy, this 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 rots your brains, man. Go ahead. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. It's fine. I'm sure it's fine. This feud will go on forever. It's an ongoing thing. It's like yeah. if I said, you know, Rich, have you finished Mass Effect 3 yet? 
You got, what, like a month? No. You got two months? No. <laughs> I love yeah. that I know what makes you tick, though. It's fun. I don't know. Sorry. How is it? I like it. Nice. I, I haven't read all Glad of Glad to I, hear it. I don't read, um, I haven't read Doom Patrol yet, but I've read Kit Carson and Mother Panic, and they're both really good. Mother Panic, who writes that? Uh, Jody Hauser. That's better. Go ahead. <laughs> but, uh, um, so yeah, Oni Press, gotta give some love, too. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, that just happened. All right, uh, well, now we're on to our number two pick of the year. Uh, okay. I don't know why I said it that way. I guess it's my turn to start, yeah. apparently. Yeah. Uh, so this is an image book I don't wait for the hardcover on. All right. Um, this is an image book that I buy, actually, I, up until the most recent trade, I bought exclusively at conventions because it just so happened that the trades would come out like literally right the there. week after a convention. So the the colorist of all people is okay. always at the local con uh wicked and the divine yeah oh um, yeah good stuff. Good I, stuff. i'm pretty sure only the fourth trades worth of issue yeah no in fact i know the fourth trades worth of issues is all that came out this year it's a phenomenal trade it is i need to get so some. good I read the first um you know the first two obviously are are the main story and then the third mm. was like the collection of short stories about each of the different gods um, but this gets back to the plot. Oh, yeah. The first page is a huge twist. Mm-hmm. And then it is a... Steamroller. Steamroller. Fantastic. You know, turn the whole plot and what you think about what where the book's going on its ear type of trade. Um, it goes to crazy places in terms of what the gods do in it. It goes to crazy places uh, in terms of visuals and how the gods' powers work. Um you know, Kieran Gillen is writing a heck of a of a, a comic, and then uh, Jamie McKelvey yeah, oh, and Matt Wilson on I colors. Could, I could stare at that art all day. Yeah, and Matt Wilson, my favorite colorist. So. No, no, yeah, yeah, they are gorgeous books, yeah. doing fantastic work, and just um, that there's a reason cover. that book has such a following. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, obviously it is a lot of great identity and you know LGBT stuff. Sure, but also it's just so phenomenally well written. It's telling an amazing story and. Just uh, you know, you can, you can, diversity is great and very important. Um, you know, having, having unique perspectives is very, very important. Um, but I don't care if your character is white, if your character is black, if your character is LGBT or what do you call it? Um, what's straight? Sin? Civ? Sit? Cis? Or, Cis? No, well, that's, you're either, you're, you're cisgendered or transgender. Okay. Straight or, or LGBT. Okay. Be, uh, right. Well, regardless. Right. So I don't care what the characters are. If your story doesn't fucking rock, your story doesn't fucking rock. And so, like, yeah, that, that that has a lot of diversity in it. That's awesome. That ticks one box of greatness. But that story is also just rip-roaring great read, right? Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a fantastic comic. I'm always just dying for whatever comes next. I mean, you you know, I buy... I mean, the fact that I can consistently say I've bought the trades before their release date probably says something about how much I love getting on the next one of these. Um, and I can't wait for whatever they come up with next. Uh, there, there seems to still be a lot of story left. Or maybe they'll just end it. Who knows? How, so, how, what kind of a note does this one end on? Does it end on cliffhanger as hell? Does it end on like some conclusion, but more could come? No, no, no cliffhanger as hell. Okay, all right. Like things are left just in chaos. Okay, at the end of this. All right. so all right. who knows where it's going? Well, I know where it's going immediately after they did a like one shot special set. You know, ninety. What is it like every ninety two years? They went back to the last cycle of the gods and did one in like the early nineteen hundreds. So. I'll be interested to see how that goes. 
Interesting. But yeah, Wicked and Divine is fantastic. If you aren't reading it, there's four trades worth. Go get them. They're they're stellar. Or get the hard. There is a hardcover of it. A very nice year one hardcover. Um, Jordan, so Jordan's a little sad looking at it. I mean, I, I yeah, it's the sort of thing where I, I always I always wonder. But then I I'll, I'll go. You know, the unwritten hardcovers are coming out now, and I'm like ah. Oh, but then I'm like I don't sell your trades. You'll never. I still haven't gotten the why the last man hardcovers. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of my all time favorites. Uh, anyway, so Wicked and Divine's my number cool. two. Okay. Kevin. Alrighty. What you got, bro? Oh, my number two is, up until now, I've been talking about more, like, optimistic and uh, funny books. Oh, hey. This one is a dark one, and I've written about it on the site before. Um, is it Oni Press? Um, it's Heartthrob. Oh, Korean. hell yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. So, I'm so glad we discovered it. We discovered this at, yeah. uh, at Heroes Con. Um, and, um, you know, I mean, talking about representation is, like, looking at characters with disabilities and... Um, this handles it just so well in a real it's a I mean, it's a dark story with also a lot of black humor um that's why the thing about this book is there's a lot of different tones and genre blending in there um but it's about a woman with um a lot various medical conditions her whole life and she undergoes a heart transplant um in and this is in takes place in the late 70s when heart transplants are a new phenomenon and um so she's very a very beaten down individual um but still you know wants a better life and um what ends up happening is she falls in love with her donor well you know it's it's weird because it's the book is like a surrealist fantasy version of bonnie and clyde basically because um you know obviously the donor is in her head but is a fully fleshed out character um, and it's this crazy story of how they go on. Uh, she becomes an outlaw with him, and um, and it's just this wild adventure. Um, and um, it's crazy and it's weird, but it's told with such skill by Christopher Sabella and Robert Wilson the Fourth. Um, and yeah, I love the character. I love that you know she has she lives a very hard life, but she's also not. Um, you know, what was me, you know, kind of like, there's a lot of depth to her character and it's looked at from different ways. Um, and it's, and it's also not like the central aspect, like you said, like it, it, this is one case where, you know, it has a, um, really interesting diverse take on our character, but that's, it's also a really engaging story for anyone, you know, anyone who loves good crime stories, who loves fiction like that, this is the book to get onto. And, um, so the first trade's out, um, only five issues, but it is an ongoing. And the first arc leaves you at a good, like, kind of, it's a cliffhanger, but also is a nice it ends, the it's, first arc. Yeah. Um, but that, to me, that's yeah. ideal. Yeah. yeah. If, I, if you can do both of those things, exactly. that's ideal. Exactly. It's a perfect, like, season one kind of thing, you know? Awesome. But, yeah, I love that book. Awesome. Yeah. Cool All stuff. right. So my number two uh, is, I was just talking about Vertigo. Um, I read a couple books that were good from Vertigo, one of which uh, Jordan got for me um, that I enjoyed called The Sheriff of Babylon. Um, oh, you read it. Oh, uh, oh yeah. that's one of the ones I haven't got to yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then um, the one that I bought for myself that I was like, I the minute I heard about the premise, I was like, I got to have that book. Um, obviously, I'm a huge Avengers Arena fan. Um, that got me like really going on uh, Dennis Hopeless, obviously, and that whole thing. Um, I love... So, 
as you know from me picking 3% on TV, as you know from the fact that I like The Hunger Games, I'll even apologize for The Maze Runner. Divergent, <laughs> Divergent, Divergent is not my favorite. It's probably my least favorite of those, but I'd watch it. You know, I like all of that dystopian YA. I just love that concept. I think it, it, something about having the construct of the games or or the the challenge they have to get through or the maze they have to run. Something about that. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I liked mazes when I was younger, or like video because I like video games so much. But it's almost like it brings video games together with with stories uh-huh. and comics in, in an interesting way. I I just love it. I, I guess I like because of the stakes. There's always a surprise around the corner. You're guaranteed to be shocked. I, I don't really know what it is, but I love like those kind of stories. These these You're in a dystopian world or you're in a world like much like our own and somebody throws down the gauntlet, pulls 15 people, throws them into a jungle and says, kill each other one by one to win a million dollars. In this story, it's a bit different. The story is called Unfollow. Um, and it is, it is written by Rob Williams, who I've always liked, oh, yeah. uh, British writer. Um, uh-huh. and then it is drawn by Mike Dowling and R.M. Guerra. Um, and then colorists are Quentin Winter and, uh, Julia Brusco, Clem Robbins letterer, Matt Taylor cover art. Um, and it is this book about a guy, um, he's like a, a wunderkind designer. He designed... Um, a uh, sort of like a social network, um, and you can only have 140 characters, so it's basically this. It's basically a, a analog to Twitter, um, and he's dying. He is. Um, it's called Headspace, um, and uh, so like Facebook, Twitter, Headspace, right? Right, right. And he's dying. Um, and his wish is to basically you don't really know his full motivations, but he conducts like this sort of social experiment. He says, "I have a huge fortune. It's 18 billion dollars." And 140 very interesting people get a little beep beep on their phone, on their Headspace account, uh-huh. and it says, "You are one of 140 people that get to split my 18 billion dollar fortune starting right now." However, if any of you die, that's one less person you have to split it with. Um, and then he calls them all to meet up, of course, in like a fucking death trap zone, you know, um, to uh, you know to to basically get people killing each other. Um, what's interesting about it though is it goes in unique directions. The motivation is interesting. It takes a lot of risks, as you'll see here. You got to do with his schlong hanging out, uh-huh. and then I didn't even realize this because his schlong distracted me. But he's got uh, cybernetic legs. Huh. I didn't even see it the first time. I was like, "Wow, wow, okay, next page." You know, I really didn't even notice his legs. Um, it's a really interesting book though. It, but I mean, it played me. You know. Yeah. Um, and and the book is really interesting like that. Um, also, there's this character right here. Um, it's here how it says, uh, Jesus, look at him. I don't think he got fucked by a grizzly. I think he fucked the grizzly. You see this dude? He's like a biker guy. He's right out of like Sons of Anarchy, but a little older. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like the older guys. And like he gets there and, and they're like, yo, you know, he, he shows up and there's the two guys in black suits ready to take him to the place. And he, and they're just like, uh, um, what's in your bag? We got to check out your bag real quick. And he goes, don't worry. I bring only the basics required. Nothing extraneous. They flip open the bag and it's got like 16 ARs in it. Um, and just assault rifles and pistols nice. and guns. He's like, that's all I need, you know? So he basically he believes that he's doing God's work and cleansing the earth. Um, and then there's a character from the Middle East who is like right on the verge of suicide because of all the cruelty in the world. Um, and, uh, you know, he saves her from that. He has his guys come in and save her from... She's about to get, you know, arrested and, and, and treated very poorly by some of the males in the culture or in her, in her environment. Um, 
saves her and brings her into this. And then there's this, you know, of course, there's, like, the hip character. He wants to do right by his sister, um, but at the same time, he's not going to turn down this offer to go to uh-huh. go do this thing. Um, it, there's, a, there's a thrill-seeker girl who, like, jumps out of planes taking, like, acid just to, like, test the limits as much as possible. So it's got a really colorful, really good cast. Um... It's it's just a really interesting book. It's a book that I enjoy, and and it's a premise that I love. Um, and it took it, it's taking it in some interesting new directions. So, um, the first trade is out. The second trade actually just came out. Um, it's a it's a really great book that um that I absolutely love. I remember so. when we found we were like at Barnes and Noble when we discovered that yeah. one, and like yeah, that premise that was you written all over it. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. very me. So anyway, yeah, number yeah. two book of twenty sixteen. Cool. Unfollow one hundred forty characters. Awesome. All right, well, Kevin, why don't we're going into the 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 final three categories All here? Right, let's do it. What is your favorite artist? Artist, okay. Of twenty sixteen. So this one also like there were some tough choices because um, you know like Sonata Kata, uh, Monstrous is phenomenal. Um, there's a lot of people from DC and Marvel. Um, you know, there's Greg Capullo. But when it came down to the one that I just could stare at his work forever, um, it'd be Cliff Chang. Um, you know, I, I love Paper Girls. Um, you know, the second arc wasn't as good as the first, but it's still good. But the art is just the nuances in um, how he draws the, the main characters um, and the world. Especially because in the second arc, they go into the, well, the future, I mean, 2016. Um, because the book is set in the 80s. Um, and the creature designs he does and um the close-ups of the characters and um you know like Aaron meets her future self and all these things that are going on he just does it with such a great sense of world building and characterization um I love his pencil work and yeah everything he does I mean his Wonder Woman run was great and um yeah it's just one where you know it's only 10 issues of that book out so far but yeah, I love revisiting him and um, can't wait to see what he does next. Awesome. Cool. Um, I am going to defer on this one. I don't feel like I've read enough to, to pick a favorite artist. Okay. Jordan, go. Uh, so I when for me art is art is subjective. Yeah, there's a, mm-hmm. there's a groundbreaking thought, but um, it's a t- it's tough because art there's so many great there's ones out there. Uh, yeah. Uh, but for me, I went with someone I lean towards liking more the um, more animated cartoon like mm-hmm. sure. style of art more than the super realistic. Sure. Um, I think there's a place for that. I when, it, it's weird when I think DC, I think super realistic. I think yeah, Ivan yeah, Rees, yeah. Sure, honestly. Sure. Yeah. That that is like my image of DC. Right. Right. Um, but I like the more cartoon, more sure. expressive characters who can get a little more animated. Uh-huh. Uh, and for me, that meant to a book that didn't make my top list just because I didn't read a lot of the issues this year but the artist is just killing it still just having flipped through the trades uh, Erica Henderson who does okay. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl is the main book she's been on I know she has another one that she's doing that I it escapes me off the top of my head I'll look it up in a minute I thought but, you read all the Squirrel Girl huh I thought you read all the Squirrel Girl I do yeah but I, I'm just not again the trades are, are yeah. a little behind um, That's right. but I have read the OGN it's very good so that's that right. That's right. Um, I don't know. I just love her style, the emotion she puts into each of the characters, and how she can make even you know gigantic universal threats like Galactus seem so down to earth and lovable looking. Uh, it's weird to say. I don't know. I just 
it's 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 tricky discussing art because there's so much nuance yeah. and uh, depth to it that I I try to know and I, mm-hmm. I know what I, it's I, I know what I like. Oh, I can't like yeah. It's putting words to it is like yeah. Um, but she has a great sense of space of uh, perspective. Uh, great character work has does a great job setting scenes and showing the action in a an exciting way and does and draws a lot of cool crazy stuff. Um, so it's just a mix of being infinitely. It's such a dense book. That that's the I think going to Squirrel Girl. It's such a dense book that it would be very easy to get lost in the words because there's a lot of dialogue in each page. There's a little margin notes. What's up, writes, Bendis? Uh, <laughs> Ryan North writes Squirrel Girl, but yeah, yeah, it is a wordy book. In no, there. no, no, no. I'm saying no. Right? I know, I know. You're just calling yeah. it out, but just just to to give credit where it's due to right. Ryan North. No, but it's, a, it's very much Bendis. Oh, is Bendis. The person yeah, yeah. That taught the comics industry you could have wordy comics. Yeah, and so this gets a lot of dialogue in there, but. It never overpowers the art. The art is always there expressing the right emotions. And, you know, that is why, you know, having having written a comic and having started working on other projects and seeing how much life an artist can bring to it and to make you feel like, you know, it's like covering up all your insecurities as a writer. Being like, yeah, no, look how good the artist made it look, though. Uh, yeah, you know, she she does a fantastic job on that. She's book. also got a high degree of difficulty. Um, a lot of what's going on in those books is 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 new ideas that haven't been executed before. I know there was a really cool moment that was talked about on IGN um, about like basically using like basic programming code language to tell part of the story in a beautiful way. Um, I don't know if that was specifically done by Erica Henderson. I bet it was though. Um, but that was a moment that uh, people that that was really uh, praised this year. So I think degree of difficulty of conveying the message you're trying to convey also goes into, you know, defining a great artist. Yeah, and I, just I, I, by end of the day, I love looking at her artwork. Um, and so for that reason, I went with her. And and just as a note, for there are obviously a lot of roles in comics we're not talking about again because we just for me. I, I have read a lot of smart people. Augie de Bleak. De Bleak. Augie de Bleak. Uh, his website, PipelineComics.com. Go there if you want the more in-depth stuff. Like he can talk to you, talk about inking all day long, right. and it is very fascinating. And colorist. But I can. I don't have the eye for it yet, and I think you need to really study the you know yeah. just the lines and see them compared to pencils to really get a good idea. Of Another that. great thing is Eleven O'clock Comics. Eleven O'clock Comics. Those guys does a good kill job. it, especially who's the main dude? Always talks art because he's uh, an artist. Vince B. Yeah, yeah. Vince B. Just like he'll wax poetic on some art. Yeah, and then you know there is the colorists. I feel a little more confident because colorists. You know, Matt Wilson's fantastic. Right. Jordy Belair right, yeah. somehow does like every comic book out every. It's month. almost like you might as well not even talk about Jordy Belair because everybody and their brothers talk about Jordy Belair. Laura Martin. She's that good. I though. know. I know. Laura Martin. Yeah. Oh. Um. Oh. Oh. Uh. Bre- Elizabeth Brightweiser. Oh. Fuck oh. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. So wow. it's we not. Got, we broke the. the we broke the. Uh, yeah. That might be the winner. Then we, we broke our. We broke I think the, so. the levels. No, she does a fantastic job with Brew Baker's books. Fade out. Velvet. Uh, I just finished up Velvet. It's so good. Yeah. Um. So there are a lot of fantastic colorists. It's just. It is something we all need to be better about recognizing and and putting a better eye on. That, same with with letterers and inkers there it's but but as i've seen it said time and time again they are parts of the craft particularly inking and lettering that uh you should only notice when they're going wrong so it is it is the sort of thing that is harder to to notice outright um but we do definitely want to give due credit where it is due to how important those roles are as alongside the writer and the uh, sure penciler artist whatever so uh anyway but going on your favorite um Artist. Writer. Uh, art. 
Artists. Yeah. Or did you have? I already did went. Go. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we got artists. That's right, because you did. Right, 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 right. I threw it all off, man. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. You're breaking my brain. Um, okay. Uh, once again, this isn't going to be a me category, just writers, because the, the I haven't read enough to really weigh in on it. If I had to pick one, it'd be Joshua Williamson. Um, I hear he's doing great stuff on The Flash, and boy, did I love some nail biter. But it's a I mean, it's yeah. that's my pick. If I had high. to pick, yeah. Jordan, I what's mean, if we're gonna be fair. I don't think there's a book you've talked about more since 2015 than Nailed Yeah, yeah. really. That's, yeah. That book has been on your mind. You were on the hunt everywhere we went. Yeah. Econ this even year, if you read like, a lot more. Nail biter? Even if you read a lot more this past year, it would still be up there. It's true. It's yeah. true. So yeah. anyway. Maybe anyway. if you had the Brubaker books in you. Yeah, I hadn't read this year's Brubaker uh, suite yet. Or didn't, was Savage Sword of Criminal I did read Savage year? Sword of Criminal. Was it this year? It was, it was okay. It was only okay, but I did read it. Um, but they, you know, I don't know. It's criminals tough because it's like every time it's like instead of creating new characters anymore, it's like they want to go back to old ones. And I understand that because if they want to do new characters, they just make a new fucking book. I get that. But they the same, do. I mean, yeah. I know. I'm saying fade out, right, right, or whatever. This is their universe. Um, but uh, but you know, I don't really need to see any more Tracy Lala stories. Maybe I do, but maybe I don't. You know, so I don't know. Savage Sword <laughs> of Criminal was good. I mean, they're very creative in the way that they 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 juxtapose like. Now their big like gimmick with criminal is they pull in some other genre and like have them going side by side. So there'll be like a character in a comic, the savage Conan character, and then he'll be like mirroring what's happening in this noir world, you know? So and, it's Watchmen with the pirate? Right. Ah, okay. It's just like that. It's just like that. And they do it really well. There's no question that nobody does noir better uh, in comics and uh, you know, than than Brubaker does. Boy did he have a hell of a year working on Westworld. But um, you know, that said, uh, I, you know, it's, it's really tough when, when you've read a handful of books in a year, um, to, to really say like, this is the best writer of the year. When you have some, some giants like Jason Aaron, just a fucking giant, um, you know, I mean, just fucking crushing the place. Yeah. Mark Wade, are you kidding me? They're so talented. They're so prolific. So it's hard for me to say. Um, but from my personal reading list, definitely Joshua Williamson. Met the guy. Great guy. Met him a couple times. Uh -huh. Just a really solid dude who loves writing comics. So. I tweeted him a couple times. Yeah, in your response. Oh, yeah, dude. He's, he's legit. Um, Jordan, you have a pick? Yeah, all right. Um, Kieran Gillen. I love yeah. Kieran Gillen. No. I've, God, I've said before, just in terms of... How he kind of is, uh, he'll come in and write arcs after like these big runs and do a solid job. He did that on Thor after JMS brought the character back to prominence. Um, Wicked and Divine, which was my number two pick of the year, is not to mention he phenomenal. did phenomenal. Poly, polyvinyl, uh, what is it? The fucking, uh, the, the singles club, uh, poly, uh, I, uh, I phonogram, phonogram, phonogram. Yeah, I yeah. knew where you were going. I, I couldn't. Yeah. Uh, he always did the Young Avengers a few years ago. He had a really good year this year. Um, Wiccan Divine, like I said, number number two. But he also had Darth Vader, which you know wrapped mm -hmm. up its twenty five issue run. Oh wow, uh, that's right. There was only one issue, but or maybe two. There was one, at least one issue of, of Doctor Afro, which was a mm -hmm. stellar start to a new yeah. series. Is um, the second issue out yet? Yeah, I think the third might be about right, to drop. Cool. Yeah. Uh, second's definitely out. And then uh, I just I've always liked the guy. He's he's uh, he gave EDF a perfect ten, I think, or he very much liked it. And and uh, yeah, he, he's he game started shows. as a, yeah. Both him and a musician that I admire a lot named Blake Schwarzenbach both were in, early in their and Charlie Brooker from Black Mirror. They were all video game critics early on in their yeah. careers. So mad props. Uh, yeah, he is just the man. But he writes fantastic books. Uh, Wicked and Divine, Darth Vader, Afra. I'm sure he's got other stuff. Coming he's a guy who gets 
he's a guy who gets pop culture and how to create. He understands what makes pop culture great, and he knows how to create pop culture that's even better than what already exists. That's yeah. very hard to do. Again, a lot of this does come down to the fact that when it comes to, you know, two of my favorite writers are Gail Simone or Brian K. Vaughn. I'm just not caught up on Saga, and I haven't read the second volume of Clean Room. Um... You know, I uh, but but Kieran Gillen, I I'm there every day now. Every time there's a new book or a trade of his coming out, I'm popping. I'm I'm going to the store. I'm picking it up just because I love what the guy's doing. It so needs to it's, happen. Uh, it needs to happen. It's it's hard not to give him props this year on having a really strong year. So well, Kieran Gillen's my writer of the year. Okay. All right, I have a tie for a favorite. It's fine. So, yeah, yeah. Um, this was tough because, but I picked ones that can do. They're so prolific and um, can do different styles, different works. Um, so the first is Tom King, um, who has had a stellar oh, year. God. Um, uh, Love doing, his work on Grayson. Oh my gosh, um, dude's like XCIA. Like, oh yeah, what? That's awesome. This year alone, he's had The Vision, Batman, The Omega Men, which was great, and Sheriff of Babylon, which I haven't got to yet, but I want to. Um, but incredibly prolific and. Um, does a great job just building worlds and making the stories interesting and just doing so much um, with the comic format. Um, Omega Man was just like, is, you know, just to be able to do what he did with a space opera in the DC Universe that um, is feels so original and engaging. Um, and, you know, like when I read the trade, in the back of it, it has all these um, outlines for the story and... Um, all these outlines for the story and like um planet sketches and all the world building mapped out there and um just what he did is phenomenal and um and as batman run it i mean to pick up from um scott snyder who is you know delivered one of the best batman runs in years um and to take up that mantle that challenge um to do it so well was really cool and to make the vision you know a character who no one expected to have their own book and it for it to be so weird and good and um just so many things for him to pull it off um so he's my number he's one of them and then my number two my tie there is jody hauser and i picked her because she delivered um so faith and mother panic were big works this year and faith it, it was a really close one for my top three it didn't quite make it but it was a, it's definitely an honorable mention um but that is a book that is so optimistic and um has a character from the Renegades, who's kind of a side character and now in her solo book, and um, is just, you feel so good after reading each issue. Um, and for and, a book that's about, you know, an overweight character, uh, yeah. and except for instead of it being wallowing, exactly, it's it's celebratory. Oh, she's just like, she's like, I'm Supergirl, you know? Um, and that one, I, I love Faith. With, uh, you know, and um, she writes characters well, she delivers great stories. Uh, Mother Panic, on the flip side, is an extremely dark, like, total opposite. There's no... It's totally cynical, and um, this is from The Young Animal. What's it um, about? Um, so, uh, um, Violet Page is um, heiress by day and vigilante in Gotham by night. But the idea behind it is what would Bruce Wayne be like if he didn't go the route of, like, the noble, like, you know, Batman being more, like, you know, wanting justice, and she's a more violent, edgy version Um in a much dark and there's tie like they bring in batman in the first issue and she hates batman and like wants to distance herself from him even though she's operating gotham city 
Um, but yeah, her father was killed in a hunting. Well, it was supposedly an accident, but it, but it was uh, actually it was Joe Chill who was uh, out hunting. Yeah, Joe Chill was hunting. Um, and, and so and, and her parents were wearing pearls too. It's weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. those pearls, but the, the thing is, nobody knows that part of the story because they got lost in the grass. Exactly. The mother's name is Martha too. Yeah. So Batman's yeah, not going to kill her. They're not. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but that is, an, I mean, a really dark and engrossing Martha. story. Martha. <laughs> oh, the best moment. of uh, yes. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, Mother Panic is just, is an extremely dark and engrossing tale, um, with art by our pal Tommy Lee Edwards. Um and so for her to be able to do a book that is so optimistic and then so dark and do both with the same level of skill and expertise is something that really deserves um uh, you know, notoriety. Um, and so I think both these writers have a really, a real mastery of the comics medium and are able to tell great stories. This is my um, young animal little oh my. claw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, young animal. Rich Get back. Fan. Yeah. Get back. This shit's, just, you might this like shit's got talent. You might like Mother Panic. I don't know. But yeah. Um, so yeah, those are my writer picks. That'd but, be, yeah. that'd be young bird more than young animal, but. <laughs> anyway, this shit's got claws. It's gonna rip you apart. Alrighty, uh, so Rich. Yes, we're we're up to the big one now. Uh, what was your number one? Oh, uh, and honorable mentions if you have any. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna fun. bust out honorable mentions. Like I said, Sheriff Babylon. But uh, yeah, my number one is with number one with a freaking bullet. Uh, I haven't had a chance to really like rave about this yet, um, or have I? You tell me. Uh-huh. Hmm? He's trying to mouth it. What? Never mind. Go ahead. Um, so, I ever since pilot season. Ah, oh God. Yes, yeah, you. Yes, I mean, you a while it. back. Yeah. You know this story, but yeah. Have you well, read the second trade? I have. Okay. Oh, is it out? Okay, I need yes. to get up. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I've been reading it in issues. Okay. Um, and the beauty is the shit. Um, this is a series that. Um, I absolutely love. I just think the premise is amazing, and it's something where they had to sort of shift focuses because, at a certain point, the first trade, which by the way did come out in twenty sixteen, on um, the last issue did as well of that first trade. But the thing about that, and we talked to them about this when we saw them at the con earlier this year, but was what do you do when you're kind of getting close to the end game of your story? And in the case of the beauty, they went back and they started telling other stories about if this disease existed what would it do and really the fascinating thing is what if there's a disease that made people beautiful but then they burned out and exploded uh, who would want it how would it be changed the lives of people what does that say about our culture but but even less the big questions just the interesting nitty-gritty of like characters living with this issue um jeremy hahn and jason hurley i love the story of these guys too i love the fact that Jason Hurley basically doesn't have any credits in comics. He's just his bud from back home. Surely very talented. Yeah, he owns a comic shop. But yeah, he owns a comic shop in that town, and they're best friends from childhood. Jeremy Hahn got big. Jason Hurley, I don't think he ever really aspired to be a big writer, but he loves stories. He, you know, The two of them talk about stories forever. And then they had this idea, and they did it as a pilot season. It had to get delayed for a while because of the fact that, much to my huge chagrin, uh, due to the fact that Jeremy Hahn was busy doing Darkness and other books that paid a lot more. But now in the age of Image, thank, shout out to my publisher of the year, um, <laughs> and every year really, um, 
they were able to come back and 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 it's a climate now where this book can thrive whereas it wasn't back then i mean a pilot season book from from you know uh, top cow i mean like it was you know might have done like five thousand issues if it was really lucky um, nowadays it can hopefully do 25,000, 35,000. I'm hoping it's doing well. It seems to be, I think it's on its third run now or third arc. Uh-huh. Um, but they have a really good plan for this book. Um, I just, I just couldn't, couldn't like a premise or a group of guys better. Um, so for that reason, um, uh, the beauty is by far, uh, my comic of 2016. And for an extended history of Rich's, uh, journey with the beauty, you can go back on our previous episodes and hear that whole Yes. Yes. Epic. But uh, but yeah, epic ish. Okay. Uh, uh, Jordan, what is your number one series of 2016? Uh, this or comic or whatever. I don't think this will be a surprise. Uh, last year, I had a, a, a two a two a, a dual dual win basically. Um, and you know it was sort of a struggle. You know which one comes out on top. I couldn't pick. This year, uh. The charred remains of Anakin Skywalker whipped out his red lightsaber and murdered the cast of Star <laughs> Wars. Darth Vader, number one with a bullet for me. Uh, the two arcs, uh, the first one that wrapped up and then the second one that ended the whole series, were phenomenal this year. Uh, the Shu Toran War, Toran? Toran War uh, that was the first arc, the third trade's worth of story, was just... Uh, so much of Darth Vader's first two arcs and then the Vader down crossover was built around the idea of all these secret apprentices and, you know, Vader having to fight for his place at Palpatine's side. But the Shutoran War was basically like, it was Gillen's take on what the past 18 years have probably been like for Anakin as Darth Vader, where it's just like, you're going to go around and be my hand of enforcement in the galaxy. And that's exactly what he does, where there's this war going on and they're trying to resist the Empire and Darth Vader shows up and he's like, nah, you ain't doing that. And he just, he slaughters and he, he they try to throw everything they can at him <laughs> they're not jedi they're not sith they just you know he they shuts just, them down at every turn right and you know even when he ends How, up is that fun to watch such a bad thing happening i yes yes it's well i mean just from the very beginning of that series like um i mean the what gillen does with making one of the greatest villains the protagonist of the book, it's just done with such... It's, you, know, you know he has a lot of fun doing it. But he does it in such a way that... Uh, because like characters like Dr. Aphra and stuff, you just fall in love with, even yeah. though they um, are doing the will of... What is Dr. Aphra's like, thing? What she is, is a she? space archaeologist. So she goes around like, looking for... Tr- She's basically Indiana Jones. And she, it's so funny um, because she has like a more like... Um, Does she have like an a, afro? She's like a Vader fanboy, but she's like not not the kind of character you would expect to be oh, at only... the hands of a Sith Lord like that because she is so like oh this is so cool to be in Vader. She's presence. very like, you know yeah. she's very self uh, centered and looks out for number one. Right, right. And that's her whole deal is because Vader's constantly like if you're not used of use to me anymore I'm gonna kill you. Mm-hmm. And, you know she's constantly you know so she adds a big part to it and that's the other thing that makes the Shutoran War so good is. It doesn't have her in it. Um, it still has BT and Triple Zero doing right. their thing, but it's basically captain. it doesn't feel like she's there. Not that she was ever a crutch, but it really lets just Darth Vader tear off. Loose, yeah. And you know, I mean, yes, he's doing bad things, and it's like, what would the Empire's effect on other planets be, and how bad that but is? As but as Rogue One shows us, neither you know, the, and not to say that the Empire is is anyway redeemable, <laughs> yeah. but that in war, you know. The good guys aren't good guys either, really. Yeah. You know, so um, wars, wars, rules, wars, cruel. 
but this, I mean, you know, no, I mean, the the planet he goes to is pretty innocent. Okay. It's really just that he Fs them up. I mean, <laughs> you know, that, I mean, that's the thing. The Empire is a fascist re- regime. Right. And they are, uh, they're pretty cruel. But Darth Vader is so powerful, and it's fun to watch mm-hmm. him just tear through fools. Yeah. Um, it's kind of messed up, but it's, it's... That's the point of the Darth Vader book. And then for End of Games to wrap up the story so well and, you know, put this cap on his two-year arc, basically 25 issues, and I think an annual or two maybe, um, at least yeah. one annual. And he's writing Afro too, Gillen is? Yeah. yeah, and that's basically the sequel. Not the, not the sequel so much because Darth Vader's spin-off. story is yeah. done. It's a spinoff yeah. featuring Afra and really all of the supporting cast right, from Vader. Right. It's, it's like Garfield without Garfield. It's, yeah. it's Vader without Vader, basically. Yeah. Um, but just... The Va- the four volumes of the Vader series, you throw in the Vader down crossover. He did a phenomenal job with this character. He gave him interesting new layers, and um, I just I loved both of those trades. I, I definitely didn't see you more excited about any comic than the Star Wars stuff this year. And it's funny because you were pumped about Rogue One certainly, but I cert I did not see like Force Awakens. You were you were excited about, but like Star Wars is not your favorite. That's fandom. why it's yeah. It's... But he just loves the Star Wars comics. They're they're loves them. Super good. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, again, I like serialized storytelling, so that Star Wars yeah, is traditionally yeah. that. I mean, it is in that they're episodes, right. but, you know. No, even more so here, they're very, like, uh, um, even that first trade, there's a couple arcs in there, really. Um, yeah, I mean, there's already over, what, like, 60 issues between the two yeah, yeah. main mm-hmm. series? Yeah, which is crazy. And now there's a new Poe Dameron ongoing, and all the miniseries, right. and it's crazy. Yeah. So it's a good time to be a Star Wars fan, Absolutely. and to have such sure. a unified... Like, well, some of the best creators in comics. Well, and it's certainly them. far from... I, I wouldn't even say, say Fairweather, even if you were just a fan, now that the new new stuff came out. But you were down in it. You were reading that Star Wars, like, uh, Thrawn trilogy, and that was one of your favorite books even way back. Yeah. Um. So, no, you, you and Star Wars comics go way back. I like all the things really about Star Wars. Right. <laughs> I was never a super fan of the movies, but I love the expanded the universe, universe yeah. both old and new. So. Awesome. Yeah. Darth nice, Vader. Nice pick. Fantastic. My book of the year. Did you have any other honorable mentions before I get Yeah, mine? I had a few. Uh, Mockingbird was one. Yeah. I only read the first trade sure. so far, and it was, you know, it's five issues. But it was a stellar yeah, run. it's just going to be two trades, right? Yeah, just yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The Vision was, of course, mm-hmm. a fantastic book. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ninjak is a surprise yeah, 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 favorite yeah. because Matt Kent, as a writer, is I'm very hit or miss He's on. He's a bit obtuse often. He can be, but Ninjak is just straight thriller fun like awesome. i could see it as a series of great 90s b movies well we'll get a web series soon that is true That's looking right. forward to that but ninjack stellar uh and i really really like it i actually have a volume i need to read at home which i might Ooh. do now that i'm thinking about it Ooh. but cool those are my honorable mentions so cool. take us home kevin okay do it all right well and so my honorable mentions were real quick were so faith as i've talked about um jeff steinberg so talk about uh, Southern Bastards, which uh, um, it was. You were most, excited on Volume Three. Volume Three, you were was pumped amazing. on that shit. It was amazing. I mean, granted, most of that came out more in 2015, but still, the latter part of it came out in 2016 in the third trade. Um, and that, oh my are, God, are they working on trade four yet? Um, there's somewhere. Latour and Aaron have so many projects going on. I think they're about like it's coming soon. Like they're the, they haven't um, even released one issue of, of four yet. I don't think so. Yeah, because like it's one of those that um, well. I mean, Latour is a writer and artist. Aaron writes like five books, so trying to balance mm-hmm. all the time is mm-hmm. hard. And they are working; they're writing the pilot for the show. Whenever, if that is still mm-hmm. to happen, 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, love that. They, they were talking about that at the con. They were like, yeah, yeah. We're going to see where this thing goes. We're just writing it right now. But the fact they're giving it to them to write is pretty right, great. Right, right. It's awesome. But my number one um, is, I mentioned a little, but as Tom King being one of my favorite writers of the year, I have to give it to The Vision. Yeah, um, I kind of yeah. figured this might be the one. This yeah, was, you were crazy about this. Well, what I love about The Vision is that it's, a, I think, a perfect culmination of, yes, it's a mainstream Marvel superhero book, but it also feels so much like a creator on one that you get the best of both worlds there um, because it's really a really strong, well-written AI science fiction book um, about that's just this crazy concept of the vision has a family of visions that he created himself exactly, though which makes it interesting exactly and there's just so much dark humor throughout it that um, makes it just really weird and um, you know like you see the kids at school and um, they're struggling to get along because like you know, if someone makes them mad, they basically they nearly kill them. And, um, you know, the government wants to take them down. Um, and it's, I don't know, there's a lot of allegories there. The art is just beyond um, amazing. Um, what's his It's Gabriel Walta, isn't it? Um, the uh, the um, artist. Yeah, and yes. let me look that up for you while you Definitely, continue yeah. to expound. Um, but, yeah, it's just a phenomenal book. Um there's it's really dense it's rich you need to read because this is it has you written all over it it's like it's just like what it does with a a high concept but giving the characters so much depth and making it really interesting but there's different tones it's very cynical i fucking love tom king i mean i don't know what to tell you you are correct yeah gabriel walter um it's it's oh walter yeah just kidding i have no idea that is (laughs) i didn't know him before this walter yeah Ah, oh. uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I didn't know him before this, but man, does he deliver here! Um, it was just one of those books where it's like, could this really work? And it does because you pick they picked the perfect creative team, um, and just really blew it out of the water. Um, only twelve issues, but um, it's just yeah. I don't know how else to phrase it. It's just no, it's in a comic. In. It's in a college course. There it is on a. See, there we go. Required reading for a class. That's so cool. There we go. That's a quick turnaround. Tom King, dude. Second volume's not even out yet. Tom King's that good. There's only two, right? Well, there's arguments. I've seen articles arguing for Sheriff Babylon to be taught schools. Is it canceled or what? No, I think they just ended it. Oh, okay. Um, But, yeah, no. Division is just... I don't know. It's such a nice, self-contained story. um, A very weird one. And... I feel like in the hands of another creative team, it could have failed, but King just gives... It may never have been devised, though. That's the thing That's about it. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. it's so high concept mm-hmm. in that he probably... I mean, I'm sure he thought of that idea sure, himself. Sure, sure. They were, he was like, you know, because you know how comics works. They ask creators, even top creators, pitch on this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he probably pitched, like, what if the Vision made his own Vision family? And what yeah. if they had all these issues? And what if... Stuff I don't know yet, because I haven't right, read right, it. Right, right. You know, um... And they were like, uh, yeah, what if? What if? Write that right. shit. Yeah. Yeah, because you're Tom King. Right. Uh, he, boy, he's just risen, Oh, this man. year has been, yeah. I'm not surprised King. he was one of your uh, writers of the year. Oh, yeah. And, and if I, I mean, read he's... more of his stuff, I definitely would have probably put right. him there. Right, Um, That's, he's, he's, and he's such an unassuming dude. When you see him at the con, he's like, a, he looks like just this little dude. He's yeah, no, yeah. Not real little, like a normal well, like, yeah, dude. Nor- like, real normal. Well, he seems just like a normal, like, you follow him on Twitter and stuff, you just see, 
he's a very humble guy. He's just like, you know, he's like, hey man, check out my books here. Like, it's yeah. pretty cool. I really, yeah. I'm really happy at this one, you know. But and, like, and you feel like you were in the like, CIA. He's like, yeah, yeah, I did, I did some stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like he, that's how he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I love Vision. Coolio. Wow. Well, that uh, that concludes our best of 2016 celebration, which is awesome because we got to do all four. Yeah, it's just. Uh... <sighs> Just take a breath. Yeah, yeah. No, that's about eight hours of review. Yeah, of year in review. Yeah, content. I mean, look, if I were listening to this podcast, I'd be really happy to have a big chunk of stuff to listen to like that because mm-hmm. I'm listening to the equivalent of this on a lot of other podcasts, and it's great. Uh, shout out to Giant Bomb for gaming; they do a really great roundup. Um, and uh, shout out to Eleven O'clock for best uh, comics of the year. Uh, what other ones to have some good stuff? Uh, what is what is good for TV? Oh. Um, a really good year in review from like the writer's perspective is Nerdist Writers Panel. They do a really good year in review. Like The writers all get together um, and talk about stuff that you would never normally hear about. Um, trying to think of what other ones I listen to. For... Oh, The Watch. They do really good end-of-year uh-huh. TV stuff. So, You guys listen to any, uh, any other lists on podcasts? Mm, not really, but I'll check those out. Though. Yeah, they're great. My best you know, like review, bad or old movie retrospective. So I read a lot of ones. Of the years. I see. I read a lot of ones like on Den of Geek, IGN. There you go. Oh, uh, yeah. you know what? Modern Myth Media. Their their end of the year awards came out. That's focused on comic book movies, but there's it was killer. There's a lot of those. Yeah. Nice. So. Um, well, on that note, man, we got a big 2017 plan for everybody. Uh-huh. We're coming um, out hot after this. Whew, what do we got? We have, uh, returning to the show, Gabriel Dunstan is going to be back on. Oh, I can't wait. He's got an art book coming to uh, Kickstarter, and, you know, they're, really, there's not, there's almost, I, as far as people I personally have met and known in comics, I don't know that there's a nicer guy. I love this dude. Gabriel Dunstan rules. Uh, so, excited he's going to come back. Mm-hmm. Kevin, you'll get to talk with him, hopefully, yeah, as well. Yeah, uh, I'm excited. We got uh, some interesting crossover stuff coming up. We got, we're going to uh, definitely be talking about Resident Evil. Um, oh yeah, seven. the game when that uh, happens. That's up. coming. Yeah, every time I say Resident Evil, Jordan thinks I'm talking about the movie for some reason. It exists. I know. I know. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have that big old retrospective on the whole series. Watch all six, seven movies. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it's so funny. I didn't mention this earlier when you said you were listening to a retrospective, but literally earlier today, I picked up like a used copy of the first and second movies on Blu-ray. How about that? I, I remember. Like, this is random, but I remember when we watched one of the animated movies, and there was that dude whose friends all died, and he was like, "Hey, man!" and he gave him the thumbs ah! up. <laughs> It was so bad. Yeah. Was that Damnation? Did we watch I that think together? We watched Damnation. Oh together. my yeah. god! I didn't realize we it was saw one it together. Of them. But it yeah. was Leon Kennedy. It, it was, was a Leon scene. Kennedy. Yeah. Uh, so there is that. We've got, uh, you know, all our usual great content as well. We're going to be. I'm pushing for it because I thought it was a cool idea. We're going to hopefully do that. Best movies released in January list. Oh, cool, yeah. Are you kidding me? We gotta do it. Hey, uh, we have an M Night Shyamalan movie that I'm actually gonna see. Right? Oh like yeah, Split. Weekend. Yeah, yeah. Dude, <laughs> I hear it. I might go tomorrow. I hear it has a in capitals huge twist. That's what I hear. We'll be. I'll be so, seeing that all next of a sudden. Weekend. I want to see it. Um, there is. Yeah, TV's got a lot of good stuff coming up too. Gaming, we will continue with. I mean, everything really. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be all over the place. And there's gonna be a lot more stuff on the site. Uh, Kevin has a lot more time, so he's been writing a lot more full time for the site, which is awesome. Because I, every time I read one of your articles, uh, I'm just like, I, I, see, because I met you not knowing you as a writer, and when I started reading your work, I was like, oh, thank God, this guy's so talented. So really, I mean that, like yeah. genuinely, <laughs> um, because it's always like, obviously great to talk to somebody, but you never know how they're going to come out in print, you know. So anyway, um, your articles are great, and I'm glad we get a lot more of them now. Oh, we got. All, I mean, all from all of us here, we. Uh... 
It, yeah, check out our site. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, and that site is a lot more content. thejoyofgeek.net. You it can is. find us written there. You can find the archives at thejoyofgaming.com. Find us on Facebook, The Joy of Geek, The Joy of Gaming. Find us on Twitter, at The Joy of Game. And you can find me personally at IndigoMaster, E-N-D-I-G-O-M-A-S-T-E-R, on Twitter or jordanelsaka.tumblr.com. And yeah, definitely follow me there because I will hopefully have a lot coming up this year in uh-huh. terms of both this podcast and uh, my comics, comics work. So, Kevin? Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at KWShafe. That's K-W-S-C-H-A-E-F um, and on the site and ultimatecomics.com, ncomicon.com um, we'll all be at Oak City NC Comic Con Oak City in March yeah, uh, likewise I'll be there uh, can't wait to meet anybody who wants to come and meet us, um, that'll be cool um, obviously you can check us out uh, check me out on the podcast you can check us out, I'm going to have some more be, uh, the Weekend Geek uh, uh, weekly column is going to be kicking back off hopefully tomorrow um, That that's irrelevant to when you'll hear this podcast but Um, Hopefully it'll be back into full swing when you hear this. Um, And uh, you can also check me out at Rich Lepore on Twitter. Very creative handle I got. Yeah, it works. So, uh, cool, yeah. Yeah, man. Awesome. Um, Word, nice, nice. Um, But anyway, uh, on that note, it has been an awesome 2016, guys. I have had a great time podcasting. It's been a heck of a year for us. I know, right? Rebranding. And now, see, 2016 was the intro year. 2017 is Overdrive. Yep. Overdrive. Yep. So we're going to take it into space. Nice. Uh, on that note, my name is Rich Lapore. Jordan Alsaka. Kevin Schaefer. And we will see you soon. Take care.